All right, what's up? Rich Ryan here, Rich Brain Podcast. Today, you know him. Jack, Bracken, Kirk. We're here to talk about the national series at the age group level. Just wrapped up in South Carolina this past weekend. So we do a big review over what's been going on with the age group series and kind of how things played out. In the first kind of half to three quarters, we talk a lot about the nuance of this and how we think it could be improved, what we like, we don't like. And then we talk about some of the actual performers of the event in the back uh, quarter or so of the podcast. So lots to cover here. Really interesting topic. I really enjoyed talking about it. So if you are an age group competitor or you know an age group competitor or just interested in general, you're going to really enjoy this. I promise. So let's get into it. All right, fellas. So today we're going to talk about the age group national series just finished up. So I wanted to talk about it. And this was the first year that it was actually split from the elite series so they kind of had their own venues and their own race distances and so we're gonna do our best here there doesn't get a ton of coverage usually it's just some race results posted by ocr report and i figure with between our networks uh, of people that we know and just kind of following we can kind of patch this together but i'm sure we are going to miss a lot there's gonna be some holes there because we don't really know what happened but we're gonna do our best to kind of like talk about it and kind of give some insight on the age group series so with that Bracken, this was the, so this was the first year that, that they've kind of split it. Do you think it was a good move to do that? And did did you have some kind of rant or something on the running public one time about the age group series? I didn't. I didn't catch it. I don't know if rant is is it really what I did, but I had some thoughts on it, and my thoughts were that they uh, they separated it and thus made it not equal. And so many of our, the athletes we work with or our friends were now forced to different venues, people that would travel together. For example, Kirk and I both uh, last year coached guys who lived in the same town and did age group together. This year, one jumped up to elite and now they don't travel together and they were travel partners. That was like how they split costs. That was part of the allure of getting away was together. And now they're going to different venues some of the time. So I just didn't think it was good for the community of the sport because we have a giant mixer after, before, after, and mm. kind of during every race. You'll see elite athletes on course cheering on their buddies or the people they're coaching and vice versa. And afterwards, everyone's chatting. And there's much less of that as far as I can tell this year. So I, w- I was not a proponent of it from the social aspect, but anytime you can double your uh, revenue stream from sponsors selling for venues, it makes sense. And the only way the sport continues is if Spartan makes money. So I understood it from that side. Jack, what were your thoughts on what, when you saw that this kind of got split up? Yeah, v- very similar. Once Bracken and Kirk kind of had their episode, I was like, those are some, some pretty solid points. It was very unique that... For instance, San Luis Obispo, the beast on Saturday was the age group. And then Sunday, the super, that was elite. So you had your own days so they could kind of get the spotlight on their on uh, their respective distance. And so that was a kind of cool aspect. It is different, though, that you don't really run that same course. Some, some of them were. Um, I think Utah was a beast for both of them. But others, it was split and other uh like jacksonville wasn't even in the elite series so you've got a lot of variability there and it also caught my eye that the world championship is a beast for age group but a super for elite and to me that's i I don't know i i I think everybody that would be like okay well 
800 is the best event uh, or the, the event that all you guys are focusing on, but you're doing the 3200 this year for your world championship. I, I feel like it should be even across the board specifically for that one. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I do think it was cool to give them their, their highlight. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of coverage as you kind of mentioned. It was just a, a few three to five minute recap videos that we mainly saw. Um, but you know, it seemed to be pretty popular. Got some good responses when you're actually at the venue talking with the athletes. I never really thought about it from the social respect of, of what you guys were saying on the running public about how that can kind of take things away. Was there any backlash up at, was that how it kind of played out? Did you hear that? Or was once the series kind of got set in motion, it was like, okay, here's our race schedule. And this is where we have to go anyway. Yeah. I, I think early on there was a little confusion over what actually was in the U S national series or what the U S national series was. Um, Cause they didn't really announce that it was a, multi-country with Canada and Mexico taking part. So you did see, I think, Tyler Veerman. Kirk, didn't you go down to Jacksonville? Or was that a different Florida race? Um, nope. Yeah, he's on there. Yeah, you, you saw several people go down there. I don't know if that was just a rust buster before the first race in San Luis Obispo a few weeks later, or if there was just genuine confusion um, at the start of the season. So I don't want to you know, make assumptions on that. But it, I, I feel like a lot of people definitely bought in, especially the age group athletes themselves. So the venues were Jacksonville Sprint, correct? Then Slow Beast. Then what was the third one? Was it Big Bear? Big Bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that also Beast or was that Super? Super, I believe. So that was that was the only one that, that was a Super Sprint. That was yeah. Super. They had a lot beast of Beasts, but sprint. I don't think Big Bear was. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah where I had some athletes kind of prepping for this, that was a little challenging to have mm-hmm. a February sprint and a March beast that I thought was challenging and have a beast that early for anybody really for that was even the elite series have a been a beast right away. Seems like a lot, but got it done. Got the, And I was kind of thinking how that it was a way to kind of give them their own day you know, like this was sp- like this past weekend in the Carolinas, it was, that was the only thing that was really going on. Right. And we're talking about it now because of that, if it was on the same weekend of whatever the next race is, if, whatever, if it was the final race was Utah, or if they were all the same as they always have been, we would probably gloss over it. We would know it was happening, but I don't think we would spend that much time. And like the Carolina, that was the premier race, even Jacksonville, that was kind of the premier race of that weekend. So from that perspective, it got me thinking about it a little more. They're like, Oh, okay. There is something going on. These age group races do matter. Like this Carolina race does really, uh, it is something to kind of circle the calendar and, and look out for. So Jack, how did they do the scoring for this? Yeah, they, I don't know if you led me into that on purpose because it was based on percent of winner, which is what I keep preaching about. Um, so you just take the winner's time and divide your time. So if the winner was 60 minutes, you were 70, just do 60 divided by 70, and that's like 84%. So you just get 840 points, something like that. Um, and I think that that's how they should have been doing elite. They used to do that for um, some of the scoring in the early days of Spartan, and they went to this you know, just a set amount of points by place. Um, so it is diff- It is weird that you have a different scoring system for the same, mm-hmm. like, you know, Utah beast, you have age groupers and elite both running that, but they earn different points towards their own point series. It, you know, even though they're on literally the same course, it, 
it was kind of weird to me that they'd have a different uh, system for that because people are like, oh, it's so confusing. You have percents and stuff. It's like but they've literally been using that for age group in the past. And it's currently what they're using. So why is it, why would it be so hard to use the same exact thing for Elite if they're already implementing it in a different series? This is the only reason why I wanted you on the podcast today, just to explain yeah. how this works. Kirk, do you have a thought right, about well. this scoring system? Um, no, but I do have a thought I, on the, the first question you posed. I was just kind of biding my time to jump in here. Um if we recall, this all before the you know national age group series was separated from the elite North American series, there was a big movement about the age groupers feeling underappreciated. Mm-hmm. They got no recognition on social media. No prizes were sent out. It was all a bunch of people who really make up the bulk of this sport who then felt like they had no worth, right? They got overshadowed by the elite races because that's where they showed up and the elite races got all the hype. The age groupers who are really the backbone of the sport got no appreciation perceived in their eyes. And yes, Spartan spun it as we are going to pay, we're going to, you know, pay service to the age groupers by giving them their own series, by giving them their own prize. And that's the way Spartan spun it, whether it's for sponsorship dollars or making revenue or whatever it is, doesn't really matter. But I would say it was very well received by the age group population Mm. saying like, finally, we sure we're not getting cash prizes, but we're getting what $50,000 in prizes or whatever it was. And it's the first time it created any sort of buzz around the age group series and giving them their own venues. Yes, I agree with Bracken. Like it's one of the rare sports where we can go fist bump with the pros who we idolize. Like you can't do that in any other sport at the same time. Um, it did give them the, the the recognition they they so much wanted. And Spartan could have done a better job with post-race coverage on their behalf, of course. Thank God for things like the OCI report, giving us actual race results and posting those things up for social media. However, um, I don't think they nailed it, but I think it was a step in the right direction because, again, this was coming on the back of a lot of age groupers feeling unrecognized for that. We work just as hard as the elites. We travel and spend just as much money in the elites and we get 0% of the recognition. And I think just checking that box was sort of powerful. Again, we're having a podcast about it. We would not if we had a U.S. national series for the elite race that the same weekend. It's forced us to talk about it a little bit, has it not? So is the mission accomplished in that regard? I would say maybe but I just think we're forgetting about that one deal. Like it was a big deal on social media about this underappreciation of the main sector of our sport, our main listening audience. And so whether it was a success or not, whatever, but it was an attempt maybe. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on all of that, but um, that's just my take on on the origin of it. I have uh, – oh, Rich, you want to go? Okay. Good. Um, you're mentioning the coverage. Like they finally got their due in coverage. How difficult would it be to have 10 or so different age groups and actually follow along when most of them are sent off relatively quickly? You you know, a lot of these athletes who might be 55 to 59, they don't look it because they're in really good shape and stuff. I feel like that'll be a very difficult production to kind of keep track of throughout the race, especially when you're having them all simultaneously go off, unless you had different color headbands for each division, which I don't think they're going to do that's kind of the only way that you can really even keep track of who's in your, who's in your age group. Like if you lose track of who's, who started with you, you, you decided to close, you didn't go out with the leaders. And then you're just seeing all these other red headbands throughout the race. You're like, I, are they in my age group? I don't remember them at the start line, but they could be it. It kind of creates a, a little difficulty in telling the story through, through video recaps. The ability to just show a race like this seems 
very challenging. I can't imagine. And like, we need to figure out the coverage for the elites before we can really have things trickle down. But a question for you, Bracken, since you will watch anything, anybody race, any, anything, you you came out of your way to come watch a deck of fit in Chicago, just this past weekend, you'll watch any racing. What do sports like triathlon do for their age groupers? Like, is there more, notoriety for that or is it about is it kind of like the same is it more of like a pride thing if you come out you want to push yourself as hard as possible and the difference seems to be between paid sports and hobby sports so if you take a look at ball sports you have a you have the nba g league you have uh single a double a triple a ball you have the senior league and the amateur league for the pga you have the xfinity series and the truck series for nascar those are all paid and thus they are televised mm-hmm. they are contracted positions when you get to things like like uh like you said um triathlon age group is about respect notoriety and winning your circle it's not televised it is on you get to then turn around and be seen by your peers, but there is no focus on promoting the actual media of it because they are not contracted. There isn't money on the line. It is really you show up to be the best you can be and so that your peers respect you. So it really does come down to contracted athletes get seen, non-contracted don't in most other venues. Well, I don't think this conversation has to do with coverage as much as it has to do with recognition after the fact. I don't think age groupers expect to have a a, a live coverage or a post-race production because you're right. The logistics of that would be a nightmare knowing who is where. But a simple podium shot three days after the race with the athletes mentioned or tagged by Spartan would take their their social media team 10 minutes to put together that post and mm-hmm. put it out there after the fact. And I think those simple things is all really that people are looking. I would be happy with that in an elite race. I mean, half of our elite races get no coverage after the fact on Spartan, <laughs> right. on Spartan races websites. And if they yeah. just showed a podium shot, I'd be like, yeah, look at that. I got my shout out. So I think, I think, yes, I think it's a mute point to discuss age group live coverage or post-production coverage. It's more just like, can you argue the fact about like, Hey, give them a pat on the back. They're supporting uh, a large majority of what we do by yeah. paying to participate in the sport. So that's my take. Yeah, and I agree with that take. And and I think that the I mean, there are easy ways to make I mean, you could have a coverage for it. You could also have notoriety for it. You could also have the races become more compelling. And I think they do need to implement a system like every other race. I guess I'll pose a question to the group. Can you think of any other competition where they send people out according to age rather than ability. Marathons have just outside of endurance. They have the flag and then it's like, Including Oh, are you a 250 marathoner? Yeah. That's yeah. Can you think of any start corral race ever? I can't. So I I'm asking, is there one where you are ranked by age rather than ability? Junior high school Olympics. track, high school track of a freshman meet. Or a frost saw, but that would Usually be one yeah. year, right? Right, yeah, yeah maybe cross country. That's and you know, and why do they do that? that? It's usually the first thing to be on varsity, yeah, and it's usually to sort out where you stand, and then from there out, you can be ranked and placed into your JV var so you don't have to run a time trial on a team. Mm-hmm. It's like a dry run for everyone on the team, it's for the freshmen, really, and right. for the new runners. So, I mean, what I think is really 
just a mindless, easy task to do is treat it like every other race series and rank it. They have all their, their really, their website results are nice to see rankings. It's broken down by every single age group. And you just have a result that gets you into the next. Uh, my brother-in-law right now is signing up, uh, prepping for, I think it's that Chickamaugan 40. It's a pretty prestigious Midwest mountain bike race. And I went on the website last night to see what it looked like. And it said, uh, Corral 1, athletes 1 through 120, previous year's podium, top X percent of the field. And then there were seven corrals. The seventh corral is reserved for people who are unranked or in the bottom 10% or have never done a mountain bike race. If you couldn't submit a result that got you up, you start last and you earn your way up. And it's really easy to do. Like it takes a one person's job to sort what corral you're into and it's over because they have their historical data on the website. So you can just say, all right, you have qualified. You've been top percent of your age group. You are now up in the first corral and it's all age groups because Colderosa should be racing the best of every age group. He shouldn't be racing only his 50. How many of our athletes are out there and say, you know what? I was just, I didn't even know who I was racing. Is it too, is it that hard to put them in one big wave? And then maybe your headband's a different color for your age group. We've talked about all these things before, but I can't think of another sport that sorts you by your age rather than your ability. And you just kind of with Colderosa right there, racing all age groups, that kind of goes back to the one, one, one that all of them chase. Like I'm the first overall age group across all different age groups. That's, that's prestigious within their community. And I feel like if you had, you know, all of you are within 90% of the fastest age group or total that day, you all start in, the first heat next time like you're all going after that one 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 crown i feel like you'd have some some ridiculous competition there more so than if you only started within your division because say that you're 50 to 54 and you're colderosa or heather golnick or something like you're just gonna blow everybody out of the water within your division for the most part so i i feel just like you were saying just put them all in the the same group based on ability level rather than just age i was looking at results from this last weekend and you had jeff shady running like what was it 29 minutes or 27 or something and DeRosa ran elite because there's no one in his age group to even challenge him so he's like I might as well to race anyone I've got to run elite but if he and Shady and Vasallo and then some of these other guys were all in the same age group race they would have competition but some of the we, later on I'm sure we're going to talk about age groupers should they be allowed to go elite and vice versa well if they had all the best in one wave they wouldn't even have to jump to elite in order to get someone to push them what would you rather? What would you guys rather do? Like face the best competition or get an easy win? I'm pretty sure we'd all agree you'd rather face the people who are around your ability level and just see who's the best that day. But this is very specific to only a couple people. The people who are fighting for third through fifth, I would rather, as a coach of those athletes, I would rather have all the people who they are racing specifically in their heat. Like it's frustrating to me when they are when they don't know who they're racing when they are in separate uh, heats or waves. Because then they don't get to necessarily engage, especially when there's a point series and like there needs to be based off a percentage of winner, right? Then it's essentially time trialing if it's in a different thing. So I would almost rather them all start together, especially in a series, maybe not for an open, maybe not for a regular race or if they come into a national series race, but for their own, like I think that they should be kind of gated together. And I hope that's what they will do for a decafit later this year. Like they've, 
they've kind of doing what we were talking about where they just sign up for a competitive heat and then whoever's there gets to go in. But I hope later in the year they are breaking them out by their actual age group so they can be engaged mm-hmm. in the race against the, their peers. We haven't talked about one key thing here yet with Bracken's suggestion. Um, and that is, uh, it negates one large problem that has been a theme all year. And that is backups. If you put the fastest people in age group up front, no matter their age group, I mean, I have, I have athlete check-ins every weekend and every single time there's a big race. It is, I got stuck here. I waited mm-hmm. here. This happened. Well, guess what? If you put the fastest people together, let's say the top 10% behind winner, whatever it may be. That has become a theme here, especially in these shorter races. So regardless, it has significantly impacted um, some of my athletes, and especially the shorter races, of course, it's more likely. But it negates a big problem that has been a frustration this year. Um, at least it, it starts negating that problem, which uh, we have not talked about. But that may be actually the biggest argument for corralling them by placement yeah. is that simple thing right there. How many they'll, they'll actually string out? <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yeah. And you're at the mercy of the age group ahead of you. If you get the a, a draw where your strong age group is stuck behind a slower age group, you do not experience the same course that uh, the first age group does. And that's really what I don't like about competition. I, the, the, the finish line is supposed to be definitive. The last thing any athlete wants to do is cross the finish line, wait, and do math. Mm-hmm. There, there shouldn't be that. You should cross the finish line and know right there. We all ran track. Three of us ran collegiate track. And every year at indoor conference, there is someone from the slow heat who places in the fast heat. It always happens. And everyone kind of invalidates that, that, that result, both in both heats. I did it one year, uh, Pat Klein and I, Kirk, you remember Pat Klein from Platteville? We, I don't, oh, he's a stud. He was a four Oh four guy indoor as a D three runner. He was after a multi- he's after my time. I'm, I'm that much older than you. That's right. Well, he, he was a monster, but he hadn't run an 800 meter that year. And I had run only miles indoor and we got wild carded into the 800, but it automatically puts you in the slow heat. So we ran one, two in the slow heat and took seventh, eighth, overall, which got us all conference honors and stole podium spots. And we both went up there like, sorry, guys, like we didn't have to deal with traffic. We didn't have to deal with tactics. We just ran to the front and we switched off leads every 200 meters and we ran a decent time. Like we were not in the same competition as you, but we benefited from clean course conditions and zero pressure whatsoever. We got to get out exactly how we wanted and just run our race. And we both knew this is an all conference. So so to bump in then, now that I'm just going to play devil's advocate with my own argument, does that does that mean the rich get richer and the poor get poorer then? Like, well, I'm not going to have a chance if I'm not up with those guys. Like, I'm could it could it, you make an argument for that case? The good have the best course conditions with no potential backups, and the worst gets stuck with the crud. Is there an argument for that? I don't think it's good bad. I think it's intentionally showing up to race versus there to complete and do your best because there's a water down. Then there's a trickle down. Everyone gets technically the same course conditions because if you put the fastest in corral one, let's say you put the top 10% or 15% of every age group in corral one and let them go off. Then you put the next 25% in corral two and let them go off. They're not catching corral one, but corral three is not catching them. So as long as you rank it even remotely accurately, 
everyone is actually having the same experience, but at their own pace. Hmm. I'm just looking at that from a flow perspective, though. You don't have the stringing out. You've got so many people arriving closer together because they're around the same ability level. Yeah. You're talking about backups now. That would be even worse, in my opinion. No, because the backups happen because of the the this like <clears throat> the range of ability levels within an age group. Like someone may be much faster than very slow athletes that get to the sandbag much later, and the following heat catches them. So if everybody's kind of mm-hmm. the same, they'll get through the obstacles faster. Um, you know what I mean? So they won't but, be super sl- slow to get through like but sandbag say you're, bucket. Say you're 10 minutes in and you get to sandbag or something mm-hmm. and everybody is within two minutes of each other there. That's the elite. Yeah, that's the elite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. But you age groups, if you're taking 10 divisions of the same amount of people that are already in the elite heat, you've got way more people trying to go after those sandbags all within a, a small so. timer. I don't, I don't think so either. Time. I 30 think people from each division. When That's I was down, just had the same amount of people. Yeah. Right. When I was in Jacksonville in February, um, where that was the first national series race, I got a chance to watch and it was actually a fantastic weekend. It was busy. It was a very exciting race weekend, but it was absolutely, it was, it was the case of later waves catching slow people from the waves in front of them. I think that's more likely to, from what I saw, it was like obvious that there was like a 16 year old kid and a 55 year old man, like in the same spot. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so I assume that that's the major cause of backups. We should have some age groupers chime in though. I mean, there's, that's probably good to weigh in, but I, I, that's what I saw anyways, was a very big discrepancy between who is where, which meant people were catching up to. Yeah. You know, social, social media breakout happening. Help Spartan us figure out very this. good at flow. Of course, actually, I can't think of many elite races, even the big ones, the one we used to have two to 300 people in a wave. 150, 200 people. I, I can't remember races where people waited in the elite wave. Maybe one or two, like back in Palmerton, double carry back in the day on really brutal days. But other than that, they can, they've got it down so they can handle a wave. It's if the first wave doesn't clear before you get there. And that's mm-hmm. why staggering fast to slow ensures that every wave will always clear. The only time it doesn't is when you have someone without uh, a result who has to start farther back. And we talked about this back with the, when you had to qualify for pro wave that you could submit. I was a, an Ironman top 10 at my age group in Kona. All right, you get wild carded into, except for the one or two odd people who are going to be snaking their way up. And that's part of your experience the first time anyways. I think that you won't have a clearance problem if you do some, I mean, Jack, how long would it take you to sort all age groupers into three distinct corrals. I could do it by the time that this minute is over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and what if that is the case, right? What if it's even, if it's a series like this where you figure there's most of the people are taking it pretty serious if they are going to travel to these five different races, right? So they're probably going to be relatively competitive, but say you have to be in the top five or seven or something within your age group category to start in, the first corral. So you still get a little bit of that race and know who you're racing. So it's not so split up that it's like, probably right, at so least 10. So are, are you saying they, you they rank it? top 10 in the series? They do. I'm just saying like logistically like how many people could start in one corral. Are you, are you saying that you would want all like the, the top 10% of 60 plus the top 10% of 18 plus all at the same start line or look <laughs> at their times and compare it to the fastest age group or period. That's your 10%. So you might not even have yeah. someone in the 60 plus. I'm saying the former, I think, and Bracken, I think is saying the latter here. I, yeah, I, I, I think, agree with Bracken's side. I think once you line up at the start line, 
age, gender, race, sexual identity. None of these things matter. Weight, religious orientation. It is you all race to the finish. You don't think uh, organizing them by religious orientation is a bad idea? Is a good idea? <laughs> we work, we can workshop it. <laughs> I crossed your mind. I'm going to take one of those back. I'm going to remove Last. gender. I think gender should matter. <laughs> but I also believe that females, if they're good enough, should have the right to compete against men in our sport because it's they can go top 10. But to answer your question, to answer your question, yeah, I think you just remove it all. You take, let, let's say, that, let's look at this last race. There was a clear distinction of people who were breaking 40 minutes and those who weren't. Clear distinction. Like that is your race wave. And I think that if you had them on the same day, if you look back to, I've been watching a lot of NASCAR, Xfinity races on Saturday, NASCAR Cup Series is on Sunday. If we had that right now, how many of us would show up and stay all day long to try to catch all the big name age group athletes? Maybe just Yancey, you know, <laughs> I, I try to do it at races. I know you guys do too, when you have athletes in seven different age groups, but what if every high flyer was in the same wave? I think a really high percentage of the pro wave would actually come watch that, that wave. It would be a blast to watch the Kevins, the Coles, Ireland, all these people battle together. I think it'd be a blast to watch 20 or 16 versus 60 if they're all fit together and you get to get a read for how the course works rather than watching just a mass of people flying through no idea where anyone is. It's not worth saying next person I know is running four hours later. Let's watch them all at once. Do you know how prestigious that would make age groupers feel like? Let's say you gave them a blue headband. It's the the top tier, the tier one age groupers, right? Mm -hmm. And they all got their blue headband and it's a thing and they go off. Uh, what's how hard is it to change the color of a headband and, and differentiate by percentage behind winner? Jack said he could do it in a minute, right? Yeah. And and make it like a deal, like that's a prestigious honor in itself to go race in the big boy, big girl heat. Cross um, the line, and you know, I'd buy in. I'd buy in real quick to watching that for sure. Yeah. Just Rich isn't about, buying it. Just think, but even this sorry to interrupt one last time, but like even some of my age groupers who have won, and I had some this past weekend. When I go see them on course, I don't have a flying idea where they're at and wh- how they're doing in their age group. And I know these athletes mm-hmm. and, and I'm in the sport. Imagine for everybody else who doesn't, I just think it would get a lot of buy-in. So I agree with you, Bracken. That's a great idea. Sorry to interrupt, Jack. No, that's fine. And just think of Bracken, you were in Chicago for DecaFit this past weekend. Like Kent finished, Riker finished. You were there. Like as soon as they were done, they, they went back and watched the women finish because it was just exciting to mm-hmm. watch. And I'm sure some people stuck around to watch some of the age groups or the second heat of elite that were finishing as well it's like when you're done and you still have those competitive battles out there racing is racing you've said it over and over again in your example with how now you're a a car racing fan it's it's like it doesn't matter tactics are tactics and you just want to see someone make a really cool move at at a key moment in a race and i feel like it doesn't matter if it's you know someone who's not as fast as ryan atkins like if you see some battles going on with with very similar ability to athletes you're going to stick around and watch that Rich, what aren't you buying? Because I have a one more response I want to get to, but I want to hear first, what aren't you buying about this? So I like the idea of having something to strive for in age group and being in that like prestigious thing and really helping people push themselves to to kind of reach this next level. But to me, it just comes back to that the if you're putting all these eight different age groupers in one heat, that's and yes, the, it's their race to get to the finish line but it's sorted and scored against people that are going to be in different heats. So I'm thinking about the people that are not in those heats who are third, fourth, fifth, who might not be there because they're, they are uh, 
52 and Cole's in that first heat, but they are not there. And there's always other people that are taking their spots to race against the best in their specific age group. So from our perspective or a spectator perspective, that idea sounds great. But if I was the fifth best at 40 to 44 or something, and I wasn't in that, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, how come I can't, I'm scoring against these people, but I don't get to race these people. Like I, from a competitor perspective, I don't love it. I just thought of an idea. You know how in OCR series over in Europe, they all have that yellow bib. Mm-hmm. Maybe everybody could have like a bib and it has a, a 40 on the back of it or yeah. a 45. You, mm-hmm. just, you just identify everybody. And I know yeah. some people like running shirtless, but too bad. Like that will be pretty easy. Yeah. Rich, I get what you're saying. And I think if it was, if there was no point series, it wouldn't matter. Like you look at Kona and the age group winners, the studs that get to start at the top and the people you're competing against in your same age group are sorted out later, but they never had a chance to compete with you and it doesn't matter. But let's go back to that freshman, sophomore, junior, senior meet. What if the very first age group series event of the year was time trial format? And that, or you do it in your age group or you do it, you just send out one person every 10 seconds. I don't care what it is, but you do it. It's, this is the ordering. This is the sorting hat of OCR, your first one. And if you want to qualify and do the series in the advanced heat, you better show up on the first event and get your sorting. Mm -hmm. This gets you your card. And if you don't, you're at the mercy of the system. You got to do your regular time, but it would give everyone a chance to show where they belong. And then the final counter to that is you have, let's say, the top 10% of all age group performers and then the remaining X number of people in each age group. And you put them in that first one. So you have the top 10 of every age group, but you also have the highest flyers. You would then have to give a bigger buffer before the next wave starts. But either way, I think there's a way around it. And I kind of like that sorting idea. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. My only adv- my only experience I've ever personally had with this is probably the most frustrating race experience I've ever had in OCR. And that is the OCR World Championships 3K. Mm-hmm. Now, I consistently vote OCR World Championships as one of the two best events that you could ever do as an OCR athlete. But the 3K is a freaking nightmare to run because you are just at the mercy of where you get sorted. And it's not even consistent at the line. There are people shuffling and there's mm-hmm. someone like, Hey, my, bo- I've done it. That guy deserves to be in here. Get him in here. One year, John Ablin's like, I'm not playing that, that dumb game. I'm starting in the last wave. It's the only race I've ever in my life had to get to the finish line and then wait and count and do math to find out. I got dropped from my lead group, but was I able to still perform well? Or should I, would I have been smarter waiting in another group? And you, and then rain started five minutes into our race. And then it stopped 10 minutes later. Like, mm-hmm. No one got the same course. And it's the only race John Elbin ever lost at OCR worlds. He won his wave by like a minute and he took third overall. Is that right, Jack? Third overall? Second. Yeah. Second? Because he was got the title, but he never beat Alvin. Yeah. So it was the most frustrating race experience I've ever had because I was helpless out there. And I know a lot of people felt the same way. And then Jesse Bruce came in and smoked me. And my first response, and I apologize to Jesse, is what if he missed an obstacle? What if he wasn't held to the same standard as I was because he had never beat me before? And now I, I know Jesse's a monster, but my competitive response was, I have no idea if he had the same course or judging as I did. And I don't buy that result. 
You know, that's a disrespectful thought, but that's an athlete's response response. And that's what every age group athlete deals with every week. And if I didn't like it, why should I expect them to like it? That that happened, that exact example happened last year at OCR Worlds when we were on the start line. And I was like the only guy who knew that guy, Igor from Russia, who was there. And I saw him like six rows back and no one was letting him up. I'm like, get him to the front. And he ended up getting third in the 3K and second in the 15K. But it took a lot of like convincing the race director. I'm like, this guy's really good. Just let him up there. All right, you're you're actually just trying to, you know, a person in front of you is just trying to stand their ground. I'm like, he's gonna beat you. Just let him up there. And you, you don't have the same conditions right there. It's I, I totally agree with that part. Imagine if it was that laissez faire at the beginning of Spartan races. I'm your crossfit, let me to the front. I got this sweet yeah. chest, let me to the front. You'd have everybody. It'd be such a disaster. The fact that that even happens at OCRWC is mind blowing to me. Yeah. And and just think the women in the elite heat, they don't have the same course as the men. Cause when I was doing the camera work for Utah, for instance, I'm I'm hanging with Emma. Do you know how many on your left and on your right she's saying the entire way and having to take a, a different path than the idea one just because someone else is already there? Like she, her course is definitely slower. Same with Lindsay mm-hmm. and Chris and everybody else who's at the front during those races. It's not, it's not apples to apples there. So it, it kind of stinks. And I guess you can use the women's elite race as a, as a pretty obvious comparison. Well, that needs restructuring too. Yeah. Okay. We get to that next. Mm-hmm. Let them off on the same time. Yeah. Why I don't that? see, I don't see what the problem, it's a simple fix. Just let them all go or, or limit the pro wave, make it strict to get into the pro wave and use that to bolster the age group competition. Well, there are so many people that. In, the, in the pro wave that get smoked by the age groupers. Yeah. I think that that's kind of changed a little bit with the, with the gated with, and with the age group series, I think. And now we're seeing this at regional races where there will be, 10 elites at a start line. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it has filtered people more into the age group categories. Tell me this. What is one of the most respected trail racing series in the world? I would argue the golden trail series, right? Um, at least it's covered well and it's got my respect and it gets really great athletes. What does every start line look like? It's mixed gender. Is it not? And they sort themselves out because the men can handle it. Their egos can take it. And if you're afraid of lining up next to the women because you're going to get past, then you just go back down into age group and refigure it out there. But yeah. some of the most prestigious endurance sports just let you sort it out um, no matter your sex. And so I agree with that. And especially with how small the start corrals have looked on the elite front. If you're going to add four women to the, right. the men's men's heat in quotes, what's what's the difference? I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, I looked it up back in the day and – there are only like five or six men ever who Lindsay has faced more than twice and not beaten at some point in her career. So she's gonna, you know, there are women who are going to be able to beat you no matter what. So I, I unless your name's like Atkins or Alvin, that, those are the only ones that, uh, yeah. you know, a woman's not going to beat at some point. So line them up all at the same time. When do genetic females need protecting in sports from genetic males? contact sports yeah contact Mm -hmm. sports are the only ones it's 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 nonsensical to me that you would think you need to protect them from endurance racing right (laughs) you're better than most of us come race with us how how much faster would emma or Lindsay be on course if they were pushed by the men rather than just gobbling up the stragglers Mm -hmm. so if we're talking age group then would it be a mess to have that trickle right down in Right down in through all fronts. 
age group included, would we start getting a little sticky or would that even make sense in that regard? I don't care either way, really. I just I'm, want to, I mean, yes. I'm thinking more from like a functional fluidity. It just, yeah, just size wise, size of field, I think is the issue. But all I want to see as a, like Rich, you said, I like racing. I will watch any competition anywhere. I'm going to go watch the pig races at the state fair in this next week. Like I'm going to watch it all. I just want to see good versus good, great versus great, average versus average, because the same dynamics play out on every playing field. Mm. Like the pros are not different than age group versus open. It just happens at a different pace, but the same dynamics, the same battles, the same decisions happen at each point. If you're mixed amongst each other, but if it's like this big mashup, this wop of of racing, it just doesn't wapatui to be clear. Say wop, wapatui. That's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> it's a Midwest drink where you just throw everything together, and some are stronger than others. You don't get racing dynamics. Then you just watch people. It's like watching a high rocks. Just a bunch of people struggle busing in their own little world, and you don't know where what anything is happening. So I just want to I want to see like race like. What's in wapatui? Is it doesn't sound delicious. Kitchen sink. Yuck. What, what, whatever's left. You take a big cooler and everything gets dumped in and you mix to taste. Is it a party drink or is it just like if whatever you got? Like, is it like Skippy's type of deal or? I don't know what Skippy's means. <sighs> let's move on. We're, uh, so you, know, talk- you know what? I wanted, I wanted to just post something real quick about, I, I still think the age group is very underserved. Um, and I, I'm a coach and I will say the majority of my athletes are age groupers. I have more, I have elite athletes, I have open waivers, but the bulk of who pays my bills is age groupers. Okay. And mm-hmm. I think it's the bulk of who keeps the light on over at Spartan. I know open wave is, there's a lot of open waivers too. And I don't want to discredit them, but Bracken, majority of the athletes you coach, are they elite age group, open waivers, none of the above? Age group. Age group is retention. Rich, what about you? The same. Okay. Right. And I will argue that on social media or the way that people consume anything, people who follow me, people who follow Rich, people who follow Bracken, people who follow Jack are already consumers of the sport. They're already in our sport. Now they want to dial in and get to know the best athletes and learn from the best athletes, but they're already in. You know what the age groupers do? They post more than we do. They live the life on their social media more than we do, or at least as much. And they're also advertising to their friends who don't do this way more than we do. My following is people who've already bought in. I'm not getting any more new users into our arena. It's already people who are in it. And these age groupers who are just infiltrating free marketing for these companies are advertising to their next door neighbor and are advertising to their (laughs) buddy at work. They're advertising to all these people and piquing interest in getting new blood into this sport way more than me, you, anybody in this conversation is. And that's not talked about, but that's exactly the truth. Those annoying people who spam their Instagram every day with their stupid workouts and all this, they're actually getting people off the couch to try these things. We're not, believe it or not. And so I just think like when you really step back and you look at what the age group does for this sport, I think it does way more than it gets credit for. The age group is the reason the open waivers are there. And, and we're only the, we're the reason that the age groupers are maybe getting dialed in with their training, but they were there already. So I just want to like give service to what it is. And that is that the age group deserves a little bit of a pat on the back because they are the guerrilla marketing of this sport. Mm-hmm. Nobody acknowledges it. And that's it. That's a good that point. Should be said. 
It it reminds me a bit of the political arena where, where one side always expects the other side to make concessions or to live according to the other side's expectations. And those expectations are totally realistic and reasonable until the original side is forced to abide by them. And then you realize how strongly they actually believe in it. Hmm. You know, how strongly do you believe in a woman's right to choose when your girlfriend is pregnant? You know, it's that one of those things. Like, I'm not, I'm not broaching that subject. I'm pretty but, close there. But people who, are totally, people who are totally against the, the free to right, right to choose quickly are confronted with real life when it's negatively affecting their life. Mm-hmm. And so if we looked at it through that lens, what would we be unwilling to accept at a start line? Jack, what happens in a stadium race to the 16th athlete? The one who doesn't make that first wave. People lose their mind when they have to run wave two. And that happens one or two times per race. It happens to every single person in age group. What if we got to the start line? Let's say we all decided to go to OCR Worlds and do the 15K. What if we got there and we were told, all right, you're starting at 9 a.m. Atkins and everyone else starts at 7. And in between you, we're going to put in the 70 to 79 age group. We'd be like, no, just shuffle me up there. Let me race. We would not stand for it. So why should we accept people who are every bit, if not more dedicated to improving themselves and competing hard? Why would we accept them to expect, accept what we would never accept? Totally agree. Agreed. At the, we're, we're also like competing towards the higher end of the sport. And I think that we see a lot of age groupers hoping to eventually enter the elite heat, for instance. But mm-hmm. I think in reality, 80% of the racers are in open heat. And maybe their ideal is one day I'll be good enough to compete in age group. And that's a much bigger market right there. Yeah. What happens, Kirk, Rich, every time we have an age group athlete, anyone you've worked with, who's really good age group and wants to make the jump to elite, what generally happens in their first race? Their first elite race? Yeah, their first elite race that they jump into. What's their what's their experience? There's no right or wrong answer. I'm what 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 do you guys see as the general first experience? I see that the, they usually experience exactly what you expect, uh, where everything is done at a faster cadence from the obstacles to the running. They typically are humbled but very hungry, um, and oftentimes question if that was the right or wrong decision. If I'm being mm-hmm. honest, I would say that's probably more often than not. Yeah, there's a lot of that indecision as trying to figure out where they belong and what's going to make yeah. them happy in terms of like how fulfilled they feel from mm-hmm. the finish in age group versus elite. And it's it's almost like a, an identity crisis when they're in this limbo period. And you know yeah, what I think a lot of it is? They're not learning to race in age group. Mm. They're learning to run hard. It is different getting to an obstacle with 15 Clydesdales surrounding you. Maybe not Clydesdales, stallions thundering in and you're getting jostled for position or running up and seeing a pack move away from you at mile one, getting to the spear throw, getting with people next to you trying to pass you versus, hey, excuse me, guys, coming up on your left. All right, I get to throw. Everyone looks at me. I'm the fastest one in this group. I move on off. It is different when you haven't been learning to race. And we've talked about the U.S. high school and collegiate system, how it's maybe not best for long-term development, but you learn how to race against your peers. Age group is currently missing out on that. They bump up to a higher level of competition and are suddenly in a competition for the first time. Our stud athletes in age group are maybe battling with two to three people 
maybe from the gun. They're not in packs. They're not having to experience late race strategy. And so it's a real big system and culture shock when they get to experience it. And I think we're doing a disservice by not treating it more like a farm system of you have that age group elite wave, basically age group plus, whatever you want to call it, where this is where you cut your teeth as a racer. And then once you win that or go top three or top five or top 10, you know, you're ready to jump up. Maybe they could have the the E-League instead of the G league, like the elite league. And then you're <laughs> buying your time. It, it sort of reminds me of college football. Also, you'll, you'll see some quarterbacks just put up absurd numbers, but they don't run a, a pro style offense. And then suddenly, you know, they're, they're in the NFL. They're not going to put up those numbers because they're not used to the game speed. And that's kind of what you're, you're talking about tactically right there, where it's just different when everybody's kind of more at that next level and you're not the, the man anymore that it, that's just head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah. Well, I think you. I think you'll upset a few uh, a few age groupers with that comment, Bracken, and the fact that they're not racing because the top end people certainly are. Um, pack racing. Sorry, I want to clarify that pack racing because uh, the time trial is a race, but you're but it's right. not a pack race. You're right. No, this is the thing. You are correct. When it aside from the first top few who have started to develop rivalries amongst each other and and they are racing each other, as you say. But really, when you start getting back and they're combining age groups uh, for the most part now, right? A lot of times you, you have mixed age groups. So re- you really don't even know the guy standing next to you when the gun goes off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will tell you what, age groups, age groupers, and I have heard this how, how many times from my athletes, they have had to become master time trialists. Mm-hmm. And that's without question. And I think with these master time trialists, the ones who are finishing that five to 10 region, they're just time trialing out there, Right. But those are the ones who I think, like, if you could tow a start line with those who you know are of your ability level, have untapped levels to their racing and fitness they don't even know exist because they have been time trialing every single race and age group for two years now. They actually don't know what it's like to race up front, fight for positions that seem to matter because they're already lost a an, an mile into yeah. the race. And, and they're a great time trialist, but you're right. They're not great racers because they haven't been given that opportunity. It's not a fault to them. It's a fault to the system. On on that time trial topic, do you guys know any other race besides OCR Worlds 3K that has a time trial format? And stadium races, I guess. Outside of OCR, just OCR, you're saying? OCR. Uh, In OCR? Yeah. No. In the elite side. So so if you look at the trifecta world championship for the beast, what they do is they add up your sprint and your super time total. Say that someone did that in an hour 20 and then someone did it in an hour 21. They'll send off the, the fastest cumulative time for those first two events a minute faster than the next person. And everyone's just standing in ranked order at the start. And if you catch that first place person, if you're the first person to finish who got sent off, you've got the fastest cumulative time. That's the only other example that I can think of. And that's the only time really that elite racers have, especially at the top, have had to really deal with that. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I want to pose one more question to the group. Just spitfire, top of your head, name the four best male age group athletes currently in the game. Looking at results, who would they be? Are you saying Cole. Age group athletes who only race age group? No, no, or no. Kind of double dip. People who are known as you can be, you, you'll, if at Worlds, you're going to find them in age group. Uh, D- Dustin, Dustin Living Good, yeah. Cole. Cole. Um, um, yeah, maybe Ireland. Ireland. That's a name. Yeah, I think Ireland. that's just a name that is. This year, Jeff Shady has inserted himself in age group. He was always an elite racer. And I would say Young yeah. Young Shadig. Um, uh, I'd say Ethan Tucker is probably better. For the okay, let's group. say those six. 
How many of them have raced head to head this year? I don't know. I mean, if you look at two? the the, the Are point two series, in the same age group. Yeah, Vitaly would be another series, one. You've, by the way, you've got two thousand points for Josh, and then Ethan's got twenty nine eighty nine, which means he probably won two races. Josh won two races, and then Ethan lost a different time. So they're not going head to head much. So, you're, but he, even he's in saying the same like age even outside, oh, Bruce Jackson's another. Uh, so you might have stuff. two here, two here, and then one, 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 one. Yeah. If the five or six best people we have don't get to race, like, isn't that the nail in the coffin of this? Who is benefiting from all these people ships in the night? Like, all you, that would be like if Ryan, John, uh, currently you would have, um, let's say Rylan, you would have Josiah. VJ and Hawk all came to Utah and ran different time slots. There would be a revolt. Yeah, Why would we like, not let the age groupers get that same experience of let's throw down together? It's just the same thing that I've been saying. It's like the race is the results are tallied within their age group. It's not, it's not one big race. It is like 10 different races. So yes. without question, you would rather have a runaway win against other people in the 35 to 39 category if you were racing that than face the best of the best across all age groups, Rich. No, that's not what I'm saying. I, I keep talking about the people who are under the best of the age group that need that push. And we're talking about being able to race against better people in certain tactics. Are you going to run better if Ryan Atkins is in your race? Or are you going to run better if Nick Mask and other people around your ability level are are near you? Because Atkins uh, is going to break away. Maybe in a beast. Yeah. Okay, let's say it's a beast. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure. You're probably right. You're probably right on that. But you're still not racing the people who you're going to get, like, finish against. You're going to have right. people who are going to be pretty frustrated. I think Rich is right. You're going to have some people that we're not we're, – we're trying to give glory to the best here. And, yes. again, the bulk of – the bulk of yes. who this sport compromises is not the best. In fact, it's the middle of the pack. And correct. And so that's that's where you get lost. Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe they get in there, and that would excite them to be running up front in there to attempt to run up front in their wave, regardless as to where the cards fall. I mean, I think it's going to be so individual. Imagine when you're heat and being like, "Oh, I got fifth in my age group." Well, what if you let awesome. in? What it? if you let in top five and then next fifty fastest times overall of every age group into that first one? That's then what there I was is that yeah. dividing line of, yeah. Yeah. I get it. If I can't perform top five, I can't complain. But right. if I go top five in this one, I get to bump up to the bigger league for the next one. And yeah. there's like that, this is how you qualify up. I just don't think we would accept what they're accepting. And you have to remember, barring some catastrophic injury or terrible nutrition issue, like the athletes are going to finish roughly where they finish. You're not sudden, uh, except for the brand new person who's never raced before, you're not suddenly going to have only one person in your age group, you know, close up there. You're going to have a, a big cluster of the who's who in that division, all pretty close to each other towards the top. And I, I feel like if you just add that next 50 plus fastest or whatever you're alluding to bracket in there, you're going to get the right people in there in general. Yeah. So I think that the results that they get from the series time should, trial to start the year. I, I like that. And then, so, and then so having you're it saying it out. Jacksonville would have determined everyone starts in their five-year groups only in Jacksonville. Move to San Luis Obispo. We look at what happened in Jacksonville. There you go. But what happens if it's a best three of five and people are like, I don't want to race in Jacksonville because it's a beast and I'm, I'm going to skip the sprint. So what Mandatory. do you do there if Cole DeRosa decides to skip Jacksonville at the beginning? 
Well, and he starts with his starts age with group. Five. Yeah. And then in series stop two, he has now qualified up. It's a readjustment. And Cole's still going to win his age group what, no matter where he starts. And right. then he'll be up with the, the lead group in series stop two. I mean, that's just if you skip qualifying in NASCAR, you start at the back. Like It's tough, but it's just what you do in order to have a, a playing field ordered by who's got the fastest car that day. So you're not holding other people up. I'm Man, learning I'm so, much, I'm learning so much about car racing. This, is, <laughs> this podcast is so informative. I'm so glad we do this. Let, let me pose a, a question. I think that is worth discussing here. Um, We've been talking about Cole. Let's talk about Dustin living good. I know we're focusing on the male side. I'm sorry, ladies out there. Um, I think we just know it a little better on the top end. So, uh, I don't want this to take away from the ladies at all. This ladies age group is very competitive as well. I just want to put that out there, but let's talk about the Coles of the world, the Dustin living goods of the world. When is it morally right or wrong to cherry pick? And I'm going to say cherry pick elite races versus choosing to run age group. And what is there a line there? Is there any morality to what guys like Cole and Dustin and others are doing going in and out back and forth? Or is it there is no moral line to be crossing and it's totally whatever that human feels? I think that's a worthwhile discussion to have. Heather Golnick's the biggest example on the women's side that you can mention. She just got right around 10th place in, in Utah elite. And she had the the women's age group locked up even before then. So there was no point. And then she went to Asheville, point. but she did go to Asheville and still raced. Yeah, yeah. Age group. Yeah. Yep. She did? Yeah. I believe. She was there. I think she raced age group. But she's I don't think yeah. she's in the standings, is she? There's only Heather, one way to start this conversation, and you have to look at historical uh records from other sports. What is the precedent? I don't know. What is the precedent? Well, if it's a again, it gets back to is it pro or amateur? Well, would you consider elite pro and age group contracts contracts where everyone who's under contract is living their life off a contract. So big ball sports, what, what happens? You get sent down for a minor league stint from time to time and does it impact games? Absolutely. And then you move back up when you're ready. It's accepted and it's costing people potential impacts their careers. Again, if we're talking racing, the cup series guys drive Xfinity series from time to time, sometimes in the same weekend. It's just what happens. However, in triathlon, once you get your pro card, I don't believe you're allowed to go down and do age group. Maybe unless you did, you'd have to stay there, for example. And so I don't, I don't, card. Yeah. and I, have you, when's the last time you can think of a pro runner running the non-pro field if there's a pro field available? Right. Like or Molly Seidel just jumped lots. in a trail race. And we've had people run just your local 5K. I think Alan Webb one year won his local 5K. That happens. But when there's a pro option, the pros are in it. And our sport is blurry where there's always a pro option. And some t- depending on the level of the race, people will choose. Yeah. Can we? I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. So Dustin <laughs> Rudder ended up winning the uh, 18 to 24 age group series. He has three elite podiums this year already. And Scott Gil- uh, Scott Giltner, he has six career elite podiums. Jeff Shady's got four. Demir uh, 
Akhmadiev, um, he has six. And all those guys won their various age groups, whether it's uh, 30 to 35, 40 to 44, whatever. So you've got plenty of people who have a lot of podiums. I think what happens is they just don't have the competition at a local race within their division. So when it's on the local field, they're like, I just want to face better people. And then mm-hmm. once they end up going to a national series level race, they realize I can't stick with those best people, but there are pretty good people around the country who aren't going to show up to my local race. That's when I'll stick with that relative mm-hmm. competition. I think that's completely fair. I think that's Same. that's an accurate way to describe their decision-making process, but I'm still going to ask, is there a moral line or is there not? Is there people, if you're one of those age groupers and you're like freaking Scott Giltner, for example, I've raised him. He podiumed with me in, in Arizona, Arizona a few years back. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's talk about the richest people, the, the people rich has their back, right? The fourth, fifth, seventh, eighth place guys. And they're like freaking Cole. Like, come on, man. Like Giltner, what do you, you have elite podiums. What are you doing, man? This, <laughs> this is my race and age group. Like this is for people like me. Like you've podiumed in elite races. What are you doing here? Let's, let's speak on richest people's behalf. Is there any, is there any merit to that argument or is there not? Um, I think like what I kind of want to do is go through and talk about the age groupers under 40 and then over 40. I think like that master's line can kind of serve for that. If you are someone like Cole, who's now in the 50 plus, like is it expected to be elite at 50? Heather is same way. Like she's having, she is fit and is having a great season. She got second in the, that's the super at the Carolinas, which actually ended up being a pretty good field. Um, yeah. She beat legit people. Yeah. Like it was pretty deep through like 10 for like a regional right. race. I, I, know, I know that you guys don't like talking about him, but is Cole like a Tom Brady where you just don't have that many older people and he just happens to be good enough to stick around, but he's just kind of the exception, not the rule. And he's better than Brady. There's always- he can actually <laughs> do athletic things other than throw a ball. Brady couldn't run to save his life. <laughs> <laughs> Cole's way more Cole doesn't jammed. have teammates or a system. Cole just gets out there and does it himself. All right, so no, I think it's invalid. <laughs> but I, okay, uh, I I think to go back to Rich's point, if you look at age age grading calculators, it starts in that thirty five to thirty nine year range where your miles. Pro, you're never really going to set a true potential. Like if you put your entire life to it, you're probably not going to set a mile PR after 35. It might last a few more years. If you're going for a marathon, you can do that late thirties instead of mid thirties. But I would say that as soon as you turn 40, that's kind of the the gray zone. But if you're, you know, 18 to 25 and you've been doing a handful of races, you should probably be an elite if you're racking up podiums over and over again. Would, from it, be, an level. would it be immoral then for me when I turn 40 in May of next year to be like, screw it age group, let's go party. Would that would that would that make this conversation more difficult to have? What would you get more yeah. joy or more pride out of? Elite, uh, uh, yeah. Well, and that's the question, right? What if let's say Lisa came out and started doing this? Lisa's a strong runner. She hates competition. If she won her age group, it would make her super happy. But she would be out there running for the mental aspect of it, and she would not step foot in pro. You couldn't pay her to do it. But that would make a lot of people mad if she's coming out and she's just stomping people in her age group. But your motivation matters in age group a little differently than in pro. Mm-hmm. So like what 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 is that determining factor that like you don't have to accept your pro card? I don't believe in triathlon. If you don't accept it, you can keep doing age group. There are boxers who have 300 amateur bouts and never turn pro. Eventually, no one wants to fight them anymore. 
or they seek those people out to to bash them. But you don't. Ha- there's no have to, but there has to be some point of like at some point you have to choose for the year. Like if I enter a pro wave, I can't do an age group national series anymore. Mm-hmm. But I can still drop down for. Th- I don't, I'm not saying that's what it is, but th- is there an option where if I run a pro championship, I can't run an age group championship? But if I do the age group championship, I can still pop up to pro races. But where is that decision point? What What is the thing that once you've overstepped it, you're committed for at least the rest of the year? I think if if you get an elite podium at some point in the year, you're not an age group racer. What if you're no. 60? The, the elite podium is going to do it at 60 at some point. And, and like the Sunday races where there are five people in the elite men's Fine, race a, elite Georgia, plus like no. 90% a winner or something like that. I would okay. say I would say it'd have to be like a national series race with something like top or, or what you, fifteen what, in a national series. Where would you guys say the cutoff? Like you should not expect to see an age group racer finish above blank place at a fully stacked national series race, either gender. Would you say if you're in the top twenty five or top twenty in your race and age group, you probably should have leveled up a little bit? Or wh- where would you guys make that cutoff? Are you asking opinion? Both. I think I that mean, number is pretty fair. Twenty five to thirty. If you're in a yeah. top thirty at a national series race on the men's side, at least that is deep. Like you should probably. Cole could do that. Cole could be top thirty. He's fifty. Are we gonna tell him that man can't run age group at fifty? <laughs> Maybe I opened a box that wasn't worth opening. I don't know because this I don't think there's be. the right no, answer I'm just here. curious. We're, but we're bracketing. I have an athlete that. right now who is very, very frustrated that someone's in their age group who has elite podiums, and in their words, they don't belong here. Me too, Bracken. I got somebody as well. Now, my opinion doesn't matter because I'm not having a spot stolen by age group podium. But if someone came up and displaced you mean me, stolen or earned, that's a tough yeah. That's, that's not that's, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm using their perspective. They're stealing what's ours. They're, this is our area, and you don't belong here. I don't agree with that personally because it's an age like it has nothing to do with your ability. It's, it has to do with your age. But my so my personal feelings do not matter in this because I am not yet an age group athlete. I can't fully feel what that is, but I also don't believe there's anything as fair in sport. I don't yeah. think we're owed anything. I think no. you deal with what you have. And if someone comes in who's better, well, you know, that's that's the nature of life. But that my perspective doesn't matter. What I want to know is, is there an obvious like delineating factor where if you do something, maybe just you have to declare for the year or for a series? Like once you can't switch in series, you can't switch in the year. Like, is there a declaration that by the time you finish X date? For the rest of the year in this in Spartan, you can't cross back. Is there an obvious point? I don't know. Could you bring it to prize money? Which Look what happened sense. at OCR Worlds when they offered prize money in for age group. You had Yuri Forrest, Brian Gowiski, a few mm-hmm. others. They're like, it's prize money, it's prize money. I'm going after it. Yeah, I'm talking can. Spartan in particular because they have paid and non-paid races. The non-paid yeah. races seem to have uh, a little bit lower turnout. Even some of the paid races have lower turnout. But I will say now that they've switched that. I believe at least on the men's side, every start line in an elite race has a minimum of 10 guys, um, which is low, but it's still at least 10 guys. Right. So mm-hmm. you say, all right, if you earn 500 bucks, you're like, you've become somebody who is obviously prominent enough in the elite that you are no longer. So pick your poison. You want to go race elite and do well. Great. You've earned 500 bucks. You've earned a cutoff. What is that? One first place or 
a second and a third or something or any amount of money or any amount of money you you've earned money in the sport you've chosen to take that road now uh that is your road here's your pro card or yeah or you can just not take it what if you You, do that yeah what if you don't need money you are now a pro yeah i think okay so last year paid race indiana three women in the corral well last year was different where every race was a paid race it's gonna happen again at some point it yeah, might happen at the Midwest race. Three women, third place, does it because it's my backyard race. I want to try it. There's only three. Let's give it a shot. Is she now barred from age group for the rest of the year? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if that's the rule. If that's the rule, I think that that's fair. Yeah. It's like, if you want to be an age group competitor, be an age group competitor. I think Is that it? Michigan had three races or three athletes in the women's field recently. Hmm. Yeah, but was it paid? Like the, I don't know all the paid. I don't think that was a paid know, race. That was a new race this year. There's a lot of five to ten uh, athlete women athlete in the start crown, most elite races. A lot seems. of mid, yeah, a lot of Midwest tough. three to five. Mm-hmm. Even Montana had four in the women's field in the beast or something. What? It was very low. Yeah. Do you, I mean, on that note, do you think that there's there's more of an acceptance of your ability level or more of an, a fear a fear of how good the people above you are? Like you do see that imbalance in women versus men in terms of the the number of athletes in the elite field. Do you think that some men are just a little too, you know, they have too much pride to drop down to age group if they're still pretty good, but you know, they want to put on a certain image, but you know, the women, the only ones who end up going there kind of think that they have a shot at the podium. What, what do you think on that topic? And I might be describing it poorly, but. I thought you described it well. I think, okay. um, I think it's no fault to the athletes. First of all, the men's field can be as deep as it needs to be on the elite side. Whether you belong there or not, you met the criteria set by Spartan. So that is not your fault. If you qualified and chose to run, you did what was asked of you, right? So you can't you can't fault anybody for being lagging behind in like the elite male, let's say, race. On the women's front, I think you are exactly right. I think a lot of times um, um, women aren't quite sure where their abilities lie and they choose to ride out age group just a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um and, and you, it's easy to feel exposed in a group of six people if you're sixth mm-hmm. and you fear that in the old elites, well, it was just a free for all. And now if you think there's going to be a small women's field, you don't want to be singled out. I sure as hell wouldn't if I didn't know if I was ready. I'm not even going to dip my toes into that water. Screw that. I'm going to be the last woman with a red headband to come rolling through. And there's only four of us like, hell no, I'm not putting myself through that. You know, you know what? That's kind of like uh, Steph Garcia when she started. OCR. She was like an Olympic trials level steeplechaser on a national scene as a runner. And she did age group all last year because she also felt she wasn't ready. So yeah, I guess that confidence thing that you were kind of alluding to is that's an example. So I firmly believe that there needs to be a pro card. Yeah. And that changes everything. Like once you, but, but like if you're paying to go someplace, they can't bar you from like, if you just want to clean house age group, as long as you don't accept your pro card, like that's your right. Yeah. Do it. Don't, you can't turn people away from a race. Let them do it. Let them clean house. Let their competitors try to boot them out. Like, it's a, it's a tricky situation, but I think once you accept in, then you're committed for the year and you, maybe you can revoke it. Maybe you can decide it's not for me. I revoke it, but then you're not allowed back up until the next calendar year. I think there needs to be more of that, but at the same time, like I said, I primarily work with age group athletes and I can think of like several, even just this week I've talked to about which races we're going to do pro and which races we're going to do age group because for their development and their psyche and their skill set, 
it makes sense. I have someone who will run every stadium pro and every off-road race age group. Now we have to have another set of rules for that. What are and so from that side of the perspective, I'm encouraging a lot of my athletes to, hey, I think this is a good race. We should try pro here. Let's dabble. But for the next one, yeah, definitely we're still going to stay age group for this. Yeah, there's no there's no rule set right now. And I do the same thing, Bracken, where I encourage I'm always encouraging. So like, go up and see what happens, see how same. it goes, see what see what you can learn. Yeah, maybe they just have to Mm-hmm. register as an alias yeah. like you know, Killington, we're gonna go age group but again that Next still doesn't sprints. go against like let's say the prize money argument we're like okay they're gonna go throw their hat in the ring but are they going to end up on the podium and make some money i mean it's not likely but if they do well guess what you belong now you, you belong now and now that's where you now. stay but then yeah, what happens now you are there okay let's take this unnamed man i work with who runs every elite stadium and some sprints elite or pro in all supers and beast age group. He's booked his travel six months in advance and registered for his race. And now if he like in a, in a 25 minute stadium race, if he's two minutes behind and someone misses a spear and then gets dinged on their burpees, suddenly he he's elevated to a podium. And now he can't even go do the race that he booked. He's got to go there and just do open. Like, what does that do? Cause our sport we'll is one where people book. Well, it can be a choice, right? It could be a choice to accept. Your oh, so you're saying money. it's yeah. it's not earning prize money; it's accepting, it's accepting it. it. Yeah. So yeah. You, can be, day, you can be on the podium, but you, yep, you'd have yeah. to say sorry. I don't want. It. Whoops, I don't need that. Yeah. Take it back, and now you're good. It's like eligibility for NCAA. Spartan would love that. Yes. It would save him a few bucks from time yeah. to time. <laughs> yeah, like you, you can accept this hundred dollars, but you will receive in eight to twelve months, or. You cannot. And that would be a I will give you fifty dollar merch credit to not take this. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Fifty today or maybe nothing later. <laughs> okay. So I could get behind something like that where you could run as many pro races as you want, but you're not eligible to reap the rewards. Likewise, if you do, you can still run age group, but you can't reap the re- you can't count in the point series. Like I believe it's nice for the pros to go down and run age group from time to time. Killian got flack for it. I thought it was, I talked to athletes I had in that race who thought it was an awesome experience to get Killian on tired legs. And with like six minutes left in the race, they're trying to descend a stairwell with him. It was a once in a lifetime experience, but then he doesn't get to count in the results. Like you get to go there and do it. If it's a tune up or if you're practicing a new obstacle, fine, but you don't get a timing chip for it. I think that that's fair. Should it work both ways? You're still allowed to do it, but you don't show up in the results or you're barred from competing. So logistically, we like to talk theory right here. Is, we, it's all we do really is bullshit. <laughs> it, it logistically, is all this possible? Do we know? I mean, is this, is this even, are we just blowing smoke here? Is this an easy thing to be executed on the back end? Jack, what do you think? Because you're kind of the guy who would do that. I think it'd be super easy to be like, here's the triple A level. Here's the double A. Here's a single A level of age groupers that made your races so far. And you have a blue, you have a yellow, you have a green head, you know, something like that. That's very obvious. And if you want to even stitch like a 40 on the back of the, the headband, it, it's probably going to roll up. Realistically, people don't, you, you can't see the headband the whole time, but if you like can see the person ahead of you, there's a number on there right in the back of it. You're probably going to know who your competition is. What happened to the black magic marker day? Somebody just writes a 40 on your back and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sharpie and you just go on. Or, or another thing you could have a, a like a two tone thing where like the tier one have black and then they have a yellow stripe. If they're in, 18 to 24 green, like a little, I don't know. I'm just thinking How much do ideas. pennies cost? 
At that time yeah. trial, at the be- the entrance to the time trial at the beginning of the year, you pay an extra eight bucks and you get your color coded penny for the year. That's not going to look good on your Tinder profile pick, Bracken. No. Take it off when you jump over the fire. Yeah, it's just me—a yeah. picture of me holding a cat over my face. Yeah. <laughs> just, um, j- just to go back real quick to what we were talking before, I see a lot of parallels between like NCAA Division One versus Division Three. You mentioned your four or four miler friend, which these days isn't going to you know do, do much damage on the national. Uh, it's D three, but D three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but what I'm saying is they have separate national championships they don't have like a unified college yeah, championship. right you know you only really see those they used to head, head to head if they face that if, if they do u.s nationals or something but not like collegiate so i i sort of think having these separate races all at the same time yes you're defining the winner and you can kind of compare like oh well the d1 winner was would have got this place in d3 or you know would have run away with it but you don't have those head-to-head tactics i think it's important to kind of get all the best ability levels all at the same time. Cause there, there are just so many what ifs if you're, if you're treating them separately. They used to have the D three champ could run D one champs a week later or two weeks later. Really? That's right. I forget about baller. that. How cool was that? And sometimes they went in and made it, made their mark. I think, mm-hmm. didn't somebody finish top three in D one cross nats that came from D three? It would wow. make sense. Who was it? Yeah. Could have had yeah. our boy Nick Simmons up in the mix. Yeah, you uh, get on one at the end of the year and start rolling. Yeah, there's no there's no reason like a division two or a division three. Yeah, wasn't um what's his name? The two hundred Noel Isles wasn't he D two sprinter? Isles was, was, was he? My teammate Matt, Matt Bruce ran one forty seven and three fifty nine my senior year. He <laughs> sure would have loved that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. didn't have it, but I don't know what that means for us here, but just an aside. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, <laughs> We're just yeah. talking about track. loved it. Yeah. They used to hold the D3 cross-country meet the weekend before D1. Mm-hmm. And the winner mm-hmm. could opt in. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. The uh, So let's talk about some of these athletes a little bit. We've kind of danced around it. We spoke about a couple of them, but just want to give some of these athletes a, a bit of shine here. And then we can kind of talk about what that means, like – and the parallels between the men's field and the women's field, because this is a little bit different in age group and how these racers and what, like what that means for next year. So is it cool if we just kind of go through, read off some of the top finishers? I want to do it under 40 and we'll talk about them. And then we'll talk about over 40 because it's, that seems to be where that line and what we, that whole conversation we just had of the athletes that should, that should be like still could be i mean kirk you're gonna have to make this decision pretty soon pretty weighty pretty soon so mm-hmm. figuring out like what what that means so we're gonna start with the women uh, age 14 to 17 and this is kind of a cool division but i mean only four of the women qual- qualified with the three races so is your best three in the na- in this national series which i think is is that fair is that is that a good way to do it because you get you can drop two absolutely yes. Especially if you're that age, you probably don't have a lot of money to travel either. <laughs> no, I'm sure they're not paying for this at all. But Rachel Rachel Kohler had two, uh, 29,034. Gracie Thorsten had 28,75. And Riley Morris had 25,47. So it seems like Rachel, she must have won two races then, Jack? That's what, mathematically, yeah. Someone else would have had 1,000 on there, and I don't see that. So Should yeah. it? Maybe not in this 14 to 17, because if that is a 15-year-old, they should probably stay in age group. But should there be at these age groups that are a little bit lower? Like if you when you graduate, like you're like, for example, uh Lily Elkin won her age group two years in a row, and like one Tahoe did the whole deal, but she was like, yeah, 17, 
and 18 maybe. And the next year she came to Jacksonville and finished sixth in the national series race where she probably could have jumped up the year before under a certain age. Should you jump up? If you're in high school still, like yeah, you're, high school. you're a dependent <laughs> child, essentially, whether you admit it or not, like maybe not that young, but the 18, where the, 18 this is where to 24. first wave solves it all. Yeah. hundred percent. You don't have six, you don't, you're not a 15 year old versus 17 year old. You can just move up and race and spin the tires and see where you last. Yeah. Well, cause in this next age group, the tw- 18 to 24, uh, Calypso Sheridan won every race that she was in. And the next, it was Abigail uh, Blatchford and Caitlin Watts. They Caitlin was 24-37 in third, which is considerably considerable back. But Abigail was 28-18. But Calypso was won every single race. So at that point, you're like, all right, let's see what we got when you're maybe 20 years old. Yep. At yeah. that point, I mean, at that point, it would make sense. But I don't think there's a moral obligation. I guess I'd like to see your time gaps. There should be a she's, futures pass. She's like, 24 a temp pro card. Like we allow you to pop up and do it and win, lose or draw. You're, you're welcome back for the rest of your year, but like you get a free futures race. Jack, does Calypso have any um, elite so, races? Yes. Yeah, so she's, I, I'm looking at a couple of races right here um, in big bear. She actually beat Heather Golnick by over a minute. Um, and the closest athlete in the elite to her who finished a couple minutes ahead was Sarah highs. Um, and, that cluster with Faye Morgan and Ashley are. So she's only a couple minutes behind them on a big bear course. That was her first race that I've got record of her in. And then same deal. She was two seconds behind Faye Morgan in Utah, finished 15th overall. If you combine age group and elite. So pretty solid. She beat some, some names like uh, Alicia Kiker, Elizabeth Mari, Aaron Sunday. So she's good. She's 24. So that's someone, that's someone to me. Who I'd love to see an elite next year. We're here. To those, those are the first couple races, races that yeah. I have of her. So if this is the beginning of her career, Brian, right. correct me if I'm wrong. It, it didn't Matt Novakovic say like you are your third race. That was kind of his his thing. So she's only run a few races. If that's where she is already, she's she should be in the elite field. Any twisted metal fans? Have you guys played twisted metal as video games? Oh yeah, Calypso is the name of like the bad guy in it. <laughs> Lisa introduced me to Twisted Metal when I was like 26. 26? Yeah, I didn't grow up on it. Man, it's a game. It's it's a fun one. It's sort of I, racing. It's kind of in your... Yeah, I have really. a backwards compatible PlayStation so we could play all the old ones. Oh, nice. It's always kind of disappointing going back and playing old video games because like, oh man, these actually suck compared to what they're out now. Some. In 25 to 29, Haley Brog- uh, Brogan was 29-20. Kara, then you got me here, Jack. Are you with me? Van Van Du. Oh, I'm not looking at it. Dang, that's that's a tough one. And uh, Taylor Sedino. It was pretty close. It was 29, 20, 28, 37, and 2807 there. And there, this is where we're starting to see a lot more women show out to all three races. It was eight deep for people who scored all the way through. So these are the athletes who are probably yeah. really kind of on the fence, considering. I think Taylor's running late. Yeah, Haley was a hurdler at Stanford. Pretty hard track program to get on, I imagine. Um, That's it. She mm-hmm. she got an elite podium, maybe second place behind Alicia at DecaFit San Jose when I was there. Oh, um, yeah, because she she wasn't on the same spot as me. That was um, Brian Hireholzer or something for for the third place woman. So she got second at San Jose. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a pretty 
pretty good athletic background right there. I feel like if it's your inaugural year in sport, I'm assuming it's hers. I could be wrong. But if it's your inaugural year, you basically get a free pass across the board. If you want to take your lumps, I don't care how good you are. If you clean up, if it's your first year and you want to get your feet wet like a Steph Garcia who had obvious areas of improvement with failing six obstacles a race or more, um, I think you get a free pass. But then it's like now we're having a conversation. It's time. And that's probably their intention, right? We're not we're not bad mouthing them at all. It's just like it's part of the process for a lot of people. And now, like if I were to enter this sport let's say I found it now I'd have to go through the age group ranks to, to start myself. And I may stay there a little bit before I jumped up just to get the, an understanding of it. Back yeah, wants just, to say something. I was just going to say it's not Haley's first. She's got 40 races under her belt. So, Oh Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. We're, we're getting to the point where the top age groupers have as many followers as the top people like five to 10 in the elites or in the pro wave. And if you have a business component to this, like your it makes more sense for your life to stay in clean house age group than to be a face in the crowd up. And so like we it's really hard to 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 tell people you have to I don't think you can ever tell someone you have to move up. This is a hobby. This is still not a pro sport. And so let's say Cole was doing this thing, but he was 35, but he had a personal training business. What's smarter for him to go up and be consistently top eight to 15 in pro or build up that business, build up that seven, eight, 10,000 followers on Instagram and, and be an inspiration to like the everyman. Like that would only make sense for him. And so can we ever tell someone they can't, they can't remain in age group? I don't see that as the intent here is more just like encouragement to kind of bump up to, to do yeah. well. Cause I think a lot of the, especially on the female side, you see people coming out of age group that eventually do what Annie came up through age group. Like she won mm-hmm. age group zero, age group world championships, and then finished second at the world championship. So I think it's just like an encouragement of go see what it's like ab- above. Not that you can or can't. Yeah. Um, it's, it's more, we're recognizing that you're good enough to level up if you want. Yes. Not, right. not you have to, it's, yeah, more, we're not crucifying them for this. No, no. It's just like, Hey, it's time. Like you, you deserve to go find out. Yeah. And you've, in our opinion, you should. But I don't like it. But but I, but I don't like it on the Instagram thing. It's like posing as an elite when you're not. Elite. That it's also there. I don't know. Like you and Big Fodium Energy can have a nice side conversation yeah, after this. For sure. Well, I benefited. I have a coaching business, and I'm in the podcast game, and I get to announce races because I came up with less talent around me. If I came into the sport right now, as good as I was then, I would be a face in the elite crowd and I wouldn't be talking with you. I don't think that that's true. It I've been true. a face in the give, elite crowd. Give yourself some you. credit. Come on now. <laughs> okay. Name somebody who's t- top five to 10 and famous in our sport right now. Never above five. Ever. Kirk. Oh, he was four once. Rich Ryan got 10 <laughs> in the <laughs> national series. Rich Ryan is a DECA world record holder or was former oh, doubles now. So yeah. my, my doubles point is record. I, in this day and age at my peak, I don't know if I ever cracked top five, I get nothing out of this sport. So I'm a bit partial to understanding that people have real life outside this. And sometimes like the top age group triathlete triathletes, Ironmen make more than 15 to 20 uh, pros do. Yeah. It's just more lucrative for them. Yeah, so but is there stupid. a point do we want <laughs> that's to funnel people out? Is it though? If How you is- said age group fills the seats 
age group not fills the seats, but sells the tickets. And age group is a self-sustaining economy. Don't you need age group superstars? So do we want to push people out? I'm not saying we are, but like. Does Spartan need age group superstars so they can keep their lights on? Is that what you're asking? Or are you saying yeah. like the Isn't that healthy for the sport? Superstars? I mean, if whoever, if they move out, like that there will be the next age group person. These people aren't. Like, someone's going to finish up, first. Someone's going to finish first and get that those accolades. Like, there's going to be age group superstars as long as there's age group category. So I mean, there's a difference between winning and superstar. I will I will agree with you 100% bracket about your your case like people do choose to take advantage of doing well in age group and staying yeah. there to run their business. I had this I don't know if was it on race brain or, or just the running public where I said I feel a pressure to still continue to go out there and perform well to benefit my business because I would mm-hmm. like to lead by example, right? People want to uh, follow the lead, so to speak, of somebody who's successful. I'm lucky enough that I have the ability to potentially participate in the elite potentially in the front end of the field, but not everybody necessarily does. And it is, it feels like a business decision on my end at times to still throw my hat in the ring, for example. So I understand what you're saying, but I guess your problem is, is it misleading? Is that really what you're arguing more than anything? Or is it? I'm not arguing. I'm more just asking like, is there, does there need to be a push to get people up or are the hungry ones going to go up and the others should be allowed to stay? Even if you're the Edwin Moses of age group, even if you're undefeated for five years, like, is that fine? Do you, do you I, think speaking of 400 hurdlers, it would be like sitting with Goffman. She's just dominating. No one's going to beat her forever. And she's like, I'm kind of bored of it. I might try a new event. Do you think that that's kind of the equivalent? It's like, I'm kind of bored of winning my age group. Maybe I should try a, a different challenge. You can't change how old you are, but you can change who you face. Well, Bracken is saying is that you would stay there because you are winning and you wouldn't get bored. Gotcha. Like, naturally, you'd think the person would have a progression who might be competitive. I don't think that's necessarily the case, especially on the female side. I think it's more of a confidence thing mm-hmm. and just getting their, getting the reps in. Um, I, I see it sort of like if you're at a, at a job and like you get offered a promotion, but you don't really want that. You kind of like what you're doing. Like, for instance, I don't want to go into management. Like, I, I enjoy doing the technical aspects of a job. And even if I was offered a way to get into management, I wouldn't do it. Um, and I'm just happy where I am. And I can see that with a lot of age groupers. Like, it feels good leaving a venue with a trophy. You spent thousands of dollars throughout the year getting to all these places and stuff. And you technically are racing within your age division. So I can, I can see where people come from, from there, from like a comfort level. I think being a fan of sport and competition and then hearing Rich, you name off these names and then Jack backing up these things with they've won all three races or they've been on elite podiums. It's just a fan of the sport and a thin women's field. And that's no, I'm not, that's no secret. I think we're all rooting for these women that we maybe are talking about to just go step up because they could really throw their hat in the ring and mix it up. It sounds like, and I think as the sport, we would like to see, not a bunch of girl women kind of standing there a little bit timid at the start line. Cause there's only three of them. It's like, well, what are we even doing here? Um, it would be really nice to see, wouldn't it? And it obviously sounds like there's a lot of capable women who should step up and, mm. and fill that elite gap right there. And there's, there's room for that. That's for sure. So I'm already picking up on that already. And we're only what to the 20 to 24 age group. So. Yeah. And I think ultimately the health of the sport in terms of influence, we've, I talked about this on a previous episode as well, like in terms of influence on society comes from the elite. So if we have good age group athletes, I think that it would be better for this sport in terms of like a trickle down to the youth. I think the elites are what's going to do that, not necessarily the age group. Like it would be like what Bracken said, it's simply a a personal selfish, more selfish decision to stay there to get the accolades and then to help push the sport forward, which is ultimately what we're trying to do here. 
I think just like to sum up my entire stance on this is that I am entirely a competitive person. That is all I'm driven by. That's it. That's it. And so recently we've interviewed a few people who have opened my eyes to the other side of it. People who are either fast or not fast, but it doesn't matter. They have no goal of getting better or moving up. It would not be beneficial to them mentally to even want, they don't want to do it. They don't want to train hard. And there are going to be, be, be people in these ranks who can't help the fact that they're good at the sport. They're only training three days a week. They love going to the races. They're winning their age group, but they're hiding in age group. They don't want to go up and do this thing. And I don't want them to be pressured or shamed into you don't belong here because I've heard my own athletes say she doesn't belong here. And maybe she doesn't, but maybe she has crippling performance anxiety. So while I want to promote upward expansion because that's my MO, I'm being introduced to the other side of the coin. And I know that that's my bias is to ignore that. And I want to make sure that there's not one person out there who feels that they don't belong in age group just because they happen to be good at it. Like you can't choose your talent. That's not on you. What if they're training one time a week and they're a stud, but they cannot stand attention? This is that's, a all, very, that's all. That's yeah, all I want to do. This is very inclusive and open-minded and, and, and like accepting of others uh, the way they think. But my response to that is, nah, get in the elite. <laughs> Rich is cancel culture. Bracken yeah. is anti-cancel culture. <laughs> These are the opposite. No, no. I'm, I'm trying to see the point of view that I was not born with. Yes. Yeah, I've been nice. for 35 years locked in on all that matters is performance. You are a very yeah, nice person, Brian. Just, just as an analogy, like I just went on that canoe trip in Utah with VJ, and first thing he's like, "All right, where are we going?" And I'm like, "Well, we're just floating down the river, and we kind of stop where we stop." He's like, "You mean there's no like designated place that we have to get to? There's no cutoff, like." And that's the kind of mindset that I have. And it was really hard the first few years that I did it because it's more like we'll just go, and that's that's what ninety percent of the people on this trip are like. It's like we'll just stop when we want to stop. And as competitive people, like VJ and I were like where are we going to what what's our end goal and it's hard to kind of rationalize with that if that's how you think so i i can definitely sympathize with bracken's uh perspective right there where not all people want to you know be in that super competitive mode right there they just don't have the talent to do it count me in on that next year i'm in that sick Fellas, I have a feeling we're going to get a little bit of feedback from this episode. <laughs> you're going to have some DMs to sift through. Direct, direct it to Kurt DeWint PT. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's keep moving. We have 30 to 34, Casey Simpson, Emily Kua, and Candice Simpson. Do you think um, they're like the Kempsons? Are they, are they siblings? Oh, maybe. I didn't even put that. Probably. Candice and Casey. Yeah. Two CAs. Simpson. Same age. Twins, perhaps this is, and they were, it was like 2901, 2826 and 2823. So a couple, probably some competitive uh, series here. Um, and any other insight on them, Jack, other than they might. Be honest, siblings? I'm, I'm looking up right now just to Can- Candace OCR runner. That's Candace Simpson. So I'll, I'll try to see if she's got any Casey references there as well, but yeah. And then in 35 to 39, uh, Stephanie Hillman uh, had, had the sweep. Jillian Heller was 28-17, and Sarah Tucker was 27-80. And this is, was a pretty competitive. I know Stephanie a little bit. I know Sarah Tucker a little bit, too. And, and Stephanie, this is her first year in OCR. She actually just finished fifth in DecaFit in Chicago. Like, she's she's good. Like, she, she'll good. be one who would probably be up and, and be competitive. I think that she would have been top 15 at Utah for that beast distance. Mm-hmm. So she'll be one that in the elite field, I think, down the road. I think Jillian Heller is a good athlete as well. 
clearly. Should we keep going on the women's side or do we want to go? Because then we're going to get into the 40 plus. And... Let's, let's stick with the, the women. You might as well close it out. Although I guess right. the argument's going to be the same once you reach the men. So maybe go over to the men. Is yeah. 40 the cutoff? Are you saying once you're 40, you can go both ways? Or is it still you can't earn money anymore? I like the money thing. I like the money thing too. But I think how that- far back does it go in time then? Ryan Woods has won tens of thousands of dollars. Is it calendar year? Yeah, I would. I would think so. So yeah. New Year's Eve—that's when your season or your declaration is based on. Yeah, simple. Yeah. Okay. You think Woodsy? You think it'll be Woodsy Dewint head to head, and or is he even in a different age group than you, Kurt? Would he be out by that well, time? Listen, I'm only 39. Still, I don't know. What is he? 43. <laughs> Think of the 40 to 45 division, what it could be next year if it wanted to be Kirk, Woods, Hobie, Cody, Novakovic. Like Matt what's going to happen? Josiah? Is it Matt Rock? Josiah, Matt Rock. So you you put all of them into there. Like what is that blowback going to be? Well, we haven't won any prize money this year. We haven't accepted anything. We're down here, boys. Like what is that blowback going to be? Listen, and if I run the U.S. National Series and that's all I do, I may not win any prize money. So, <laughs> so you can flip any. back and forth. Have we ever seen a 40-plus athlete fully who, who used to – do really well in elite only just fully decommit and only go age group, never dipping their toes in elite again. I don't think we have, because I think that they just have a different type of mindset. You know, I, I used to be the man, my athletic career is done. I'm just going to retire. Like I don't think Matt Novakovic would come back to race in 45 to 49 because of the success he's had in the past or Hobie. He probably wouldn't like if he sticks around long enough or comes back. Heather was the closest and now she's back. Yeah. Porn Dom sauce on everyone. <laughs> Dom sauce. Yeah. All right. For the dudes, dude, for the, the men, 14, 17 year old men, Ethan Tucker, 29, 89. So that's, so he probably only lost, got second by like a very small amount in a race, right, Jack? Uh, look who he got second to. Who has a bunch of zeros next to their, their score? J- Jacob Graston? No, or jo- Josh. Uh, Ryland's brother. Josh Shadegg. Yeah. He only had two races. So he had 2,000 total. Yep. Could have been Jacob Grasson too. He had a thousand points. Um, Ethan Tucker um, was on the fourth place OCR Worlds co-ed team. Uh, we had a nice sprint finish with them. So that kid's going to be real good. He, yeah, he, Already he, he, he and his sister Cameron. I think Cameron also um, has an elite podium, and she was kind of on the fence as a sixteen, seventeen-year-old last year. But I think she's kind of all in on elite at this point because you didn't see her in the leaderboard. What was the dude's name who who got second? behind Logan at or second or third at Indian mud run who was like super young. Is it Nathan Jones? Jones? Maybe. Okay. Uh, you guys did two different people. And I just said, agreed. I said VJ oh. Jones. Oh, VJ. oh yeah. Jones. VJ was oh. correct. Um, is that last year? That was two years ago, right? Last year. Last year. Last year. Into 18 to 24, uh, Dustin Rudder, Talon Maytern and Robert Leipmeyer. Leapheimer, sorry. It was 2886, 2704, and 2691. So it seems like Dustin kind of did his thing here. Any intel, Jack, to our intel guy, our stats guy? For Dustin? Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned, he already has several elite podiums, including three this mm. year. So mm. he's kind of doing the whole picking and choosing, it seems. How old is he? Uh, his first, he's 23 or he turns 23 this year. Um, and he's done about 15, 16 races. His first race was actually last year in Asheville. So he's not, he's only been around for about a year or so. Um, 
but yeah, he's, he's definitely, uh, you know, second and third at Michigan super and sprint, maybe not the best competition there, but still got a couple elite podiums, uh, this past season so far. So I could see him leveling up. You know, it's wild. When I came into the sport of the people who had made podiums, I was the second youngest. I was 25 my first full year. Only Elliot McGuire was younger than me. And now he's 23 and older than VJ Jones. Hmm. Like you're coming in in 20s now, and the sport is so progressed that you're not like a young gun anymore. And that's wild. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to me. Real quick tangent, uh, Elliot McGuire made his comeback in Ohio last month. So did he really? Him again. His first what race in like seven take? years. What did he take? Uh, it was like 10th or 15th. It, it wasn't the old days of Elliot. I want to need more out of you, Elliot. Yeah, need more. I'm Elliot sure McGuire once wa- lost the worst bet in Spartan race history. So we might have to get into that on some future episode. <laughs> okay. The gambling episode. Make sure to tune in, subscribe to all Race Brain Podcasts so you can get yeah. the, the gambling episode when it comes. Yeah, featuring That'll Colin. be right after the poop story episode. <laughs> yeah, this is an interesting age with with someone like uh with um someone like Dustin where it's like if you didn't have an athletic background or necessarily an endurance background, mm-hmm. you know, because we don't know exactly what this I could see people taking their time coming through where from our perspective as endurance athletes, we would be right into elite you know he's got 15 years of high level competing in him and every single one of them will have hawk rylan vj <laughs> like it's Future it's a guys. different landscape now we used to think we'll just wait till hobie and cody and killian age out like there is no hope <laughs> that vj rylan and and uh hawk are aging out anytime soon they've got almost two decades it's pretty cool it's, it's good but that's so for me, I would, you know, I'd, I'd want to be there. So, I want to see what they got. So Dustin, it looks like he was a sixteen forty three and a twenty five uh, k and a twenty seven twenty six uh, D three college runner. Oh, so he he ran Division three cross country championships in November twenty twenty one. So he's a recent grad. What part of the country? Uh, Olivet College. I don't know where that is. But he ran Great Lakes Regional, so probably near you guys. Might be Michigan. Yeah. Now, if you ran those times and as a D three runner, would you be in the elite? Back I went then, to Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I would have for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's fast enough to do that's almost anything you want in this sport oh, if you're sure. good at everything else. Yeah. yeah. Get in there. And it was Michigan. You're correct. The mitten. All right, 25 to 29, Giovanni Mendoza, Michael Mansfield, and Brian Neely round up top three. And they all had 2,900 points. This was pretty compelling. And this was a, a, another age group was we started to get into where you kind of have a little bit more means. You can travel a little bit more. Uh, all, all the way through top 10, everyone showed up for three races. So this is a really highly competitive age group here, the 25 to 29, which is great. That's the age group we want to see be competitive. And, and hopefully we'll see them kind of come up. That's the, that's the biggest, like 25 to 29. That's I, uh, hypothetically when you're hitting your, your athletic peak in most sports. So if there's any group that I can't really give too much lenience towards, that would probably be the one. Who are the elites in that age group right now? I think like Riker, who else is under 30, but not all the way young, like 
and Chris Roglowski is. Um, yeah, I, I guess most of the top level people are early thirties now. That I think about it, but yeah, on the men's side, yeah. I don't know. Can't can't think too much off the top. Of my head. You have just below that Mask, you know, Rylan, VJ, Nick Mask, um, and then just above it with the decent amount of people as well. Everybody's thirty something. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of this, the, and this is age group then, like the thirty to thirty four, which where a lot of the elites will will be coming from. So Noah Grime was twenty nine seventy five. Scott uh, Giltner. Is that right? Giltner. Mm-hmm. The, the order of these kind of confused me. And John, a.k.a. Willie Wright, finishing third. So this is actually a pretty good age group. This is really strong this year. That's a regional elite podium right there. Yep. yep. Well, you said what? Giltner has six podiums? Elite yeah. podiums or something like that? And he took yeah, second in his age group. That. So that's a testament to the competitiveness there. It also speaks to the fact maybe it makes sense for them to be racing that. If he's not winning his age group, but he's got six elite podiums, well, right. is that his place? At what age do you make enough money that you can do these series? Like 14 to 17, your parents are paying for it or you're not going. 18 to 24, you're either you didn't go to college and you're making money already or you're in college and you're broke. It surprises me to even see people in some of these age groups doing a full series. Probably probably this age, right? Yeah. 30, 34 mm-hmm. is I think that's when I first I was this age when I first started to commit to travel around and do stuff. And was still probably financially financially irresponsible. So, <laughs> shouts to these people. We were relying on making prize money to <laughs> to cover our travel costs when you first start the sport, bro. You know, if you get tenth place at the national series, you win a hundred bucks. So yeah. you should go to all of them. That's right. All right. So thirty five, thirty nine. Shane Terry, Jeff Shady, who we talk, we've talked about, and uh, Bogdan Kilusa. Kilusa. This is another really competitive one, 2995, 2959, and 2953. And again, top 10, 10 athletes fill out the top 10 with all three races. So another really competitive age group here. That makes me think seeing those close point differentials, I spoke about how age groupers are really good time trialers. And I see a two point difference over three races. And could that be the difference between kicking home over the fire jump and doing some flailing pose and coming in five seconds later, it makes me start to wonder there, like those are some tight, tight times. And but getting is- to drop two though, that means they might not have even raced each other. That's what I'm getting at. Exactly. Oh yeah. 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 Being alone and not knowing and that not someone knowing. else. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Is this, yeah. is this, Jack, is this uh, a reason to not do the percentage of winner over no. the course of a series? No. Always do percent of winner. 100%. I well, like if you're not even in a race. Like I don't, I don't like it. I think I'll it's, look it up. Uh, to even so, Noah, uh, Noah finished one twenty three in Big Bear, and Scott was one twenty six. So they they raced together there. They raced together in Utah. They raced together in San Luis Obispo. So. They did three head-to-head. What popular sport does percentage of winner? Once once OCR does, it'll be popular. <laughs> well, that would be similar style to like Tour de France where it's a time accumulation, and it would be similar to how they did the Golden Trail series when they had stage races. There are rare exceptions. Really, accumulative time is similar to percentage behind the winner, isn't it? it, it it's just a different format. Because you can Correct. have big gaps. Because percent, it doesn't matter how long it is or short it is. It's relative to that 
fastest theoretical time that day. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, that endurance sports want to reward the effort and popular sports want to tighten the gap. Popular sports put in rules to limit breakaways and gaps. They bring the field back together and make it interesting. Endurance sports are run by endurance athletes and they say, oh, if you're that good, you should be rewarded for being so good and tough. Popularity is not driven by blowouts. It's driven by close finishes. And I believe that percentage of winner is the fairest way of judging endurance athletes and the surest way to get interest away from your sport. And it it rewards elites dropping down, not rewards. It penalizes the age group. If a stud drops down, they set the curve. For one race. And it's Mm -hmm. one point difference. It doesn't really impact things. I go back and forth on that. Think about like American football. Like if the score was actually just like the yards gained during a game, there would be like versus like the actual point system. There would Mm -hmm. be like hardly anything on the line seemingly later in a game. But when you can score seven points at one time versus the score being 430 to 220, you're like, "Eh." or if you're playing a dome versus bad weather, you're obviously going to get better, you know, metrics in a dome. But, but that's sort of the argument against like yeah. the percentage of winner in a sense, because like that would make football pretty dull. Which, it? which race, which performance was better? Chris Roglowski's second place by like 13 minutes to Emma or Emma's second place where she essentially uh, like missed the spear, but was um, ahead of Lindsay at Big Bear just with a few minutes left to go. You've made your argument, Jack. I don't think which one was more good exciting. argument. Yeah. Which one was more exciting? The Emma one? Lindsay Emma battle. When you have yeah. to turn away from first place because they're just alone, that doesn't grow a sport. You know what NASCAR did this year, boys? <laughs> oh my Who God. have you become? They introduced stage races and competition cautions where they stop the race and reset everyone partway through to ensure sprint finishes. We could do that. We could do that on yeah. a Lindsay Emma field. That's kind of Catch what we need to do. What I'm saying is that when you have to use a calculator, figure out a score, and when you have blowouts, it turns fans off. And we are really struggling to grow the popularity of the sport. Simple is always better. I don't think people are like, oh, I don't want to do OCR because you have one number divided by another number. That's not the reason that people are not entering. No, it. but if you look at a point series, if, you, if you're if you on Instagram, you're scrolling through like, oh, this is competitive. They have a point. Se- oh, it's 29,638 points or 27,201. Don't do it on thousands. Be like 100 if you if you win. And then, you know, you don't even need decimal places. In this day and age, you have like three seconds to capture a new yeah. set of eyes. And every little nuance you add to any facet of the sport drives people away. Talk about and three it- seconds to uh, capture a new set of eyes. The Spartan social media would turn me away if I didn't know the sport in two <laughs> seconds. You ever see what they put out there? Talk about needing to step up their game. It's terrible. I'm arguing against my athletic mindset. I'm thinking for the sport, no one turns off a game quicker than a blowout. But you can still no, backflips into the ocean off. definitely make me want to run <laughs> Spartan race. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I, I agree that the percentage of winner is stupid. You suck. <laughs> When's the last time you turned in to the decathlon final to see what the final event was going to have? Every uh, single 1500, they're like, he needs to score a blank amount of arbitrary points. from. That's also confusing, though. And the seven people watching are like, I thought it was already decided, and I don't even know what a 1500 is. 
That's because it's that's just their parents. Problem. They literally do it in another sport, and you walked into it. No one. I don't even understand decathlon. I don't either. And it's it's like they did an okay job. You just with look guys, it up. It's like, like did you nine. run a five flat? You earn four hundred points. To, you know, they, it, it's just read across the line. It's dumb. I agree, but that's just what they've. The last time the world cared about it was when the world record was being set at the Olympics. Dan and Dave. They cared about Dan and Dave. That's true. O'Brien. Like that 80s, was that on my Wheaties box. Or Kevin Meyer. None of them get any love. It is pretty cool, though. Yeah. But I think it's the dumbest event in sports. All of sports. Event or events? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go back to the women. We're going up to 40 to 44. Uh, Chloe Melikian. Melikian. She swept. Uh, took all three wins, Lindsay Thorson and Sarah Hernandez. So this is a place, right? Do you have Jack? Do you have Chloe's stats there? Um, not off the top of my head. I, I'd have to go back to it. I know Lindsay was on the the pro team a few years ago on like the the C squad. So she's had. The Has there been a number. deeper, more successful family than the Thorsons in sport yet? That's true. Their daughter. It's all the way down to the children. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see because this is this is kind of that great now. Like Chloe wins all of these races. She'd probably do okay in the elite. I would argue Forrest Bogue, the Bogue family, if they got one of their kids into it, his dad, Forrest, if they had a next one, that would be a good argument. I'd argue yeah, that all family's pretty decent. Yeah, but that's like saying that the Antetokounmpo family has the highest all-time scoring average, but it's like in the playoffs. You see that stat? No. They recently set the highest scoring uh, life or NBA final record or playoff record for brothers, but one of them's never scored. <laughs> he's just like he's there, dude. Th- Don- that, that's like honest. Like, his energy just is worth some amount of yeah. points. Yeah, that, so the calls like have athlete. more, but that's like saying the Vidal's are probably second all time in podiums because Robert yeah. has done an OCR. Or but Wayne in Gretzky terms of and his and his brother Brett, they're they're uh, the the highest scoring brother combo, and Brett has like four points. And <laughs> in terms of contributing ma- uh, members of the family, the Thorsons, yeah. I think, reign supreme. And you're right, the Bogues would be close. Mm-hmm. So, so Chloe, um, I did look her up. She has raced plenty of elite uh, races in the past. She probably has a dozen or so elite podiums um, since 2021. So, could easily be wow. she. She actually only ran elite until Tahoe last year uh, or no, she did uh, Utah sprint afterwards, but yeah, basically she, she switched over to age group series this year, but she still has run. She's, she got a second and third in Monterey elite earlier. She got sixth at LA stadium. So she's been double dipping a lot. And this is that eight. That's that age. 40s right on the border. So it's like, Hey, you want to go age group at this point? I'm cool with it. It's a tough call. How long do you guys think you'll stick around till like you decide to drop an age group? And what Brian's would be on, your justification? Brian's on dead. I'm not dead. leaving. I'm never leaving. Never. Same. I'm not fucking leaving. Same. <laughs> I'm not leaving. <laughs> what yeah, I don't would know. you say about having a preseason time trial for a pro pass? Is it a preseason or is it during the season? Because you need to have it during a race. Well, in in theory, the it would be the preamble to the H group series starting. 
So you're saying every elite, every age grouper who does well there earns a pro card because then people will be like, I don't want to get that. I'm I'm not going to show up to this one. No, same thing for pro for people who are fading out. Like if you didn't meet the requirements at the end of the year, like this is your repache around. But do you want like to base all your qualification on how fit you are in February? Like, no, I'm saying if you, let's say you're at the upper end of age or lower end of performance and you didn't meet your podium requirement, but you've had it in the past and the new people look from age group looking to move up, like, is there a way that you could have a qualifying round for pro the same way you have a qualifier we're talking about for seeding the age group? I'd be fine with that. Like a wrestle background where, yeah, you didn't meet the requirements, but the best of the rest all get one more shot at this. I think we need or is that to too be, tough. It might be sporting might need to be a little bit more competitive <laughs> to to justify something like that. I mean, there are like tens of thousands of people who compete in age group over the course of a year. You're gonna get some some deep competition no matter what. Uh, I'd be fine with it. Do they remove people from pro qualification or once you qualify in, are you good? No, you have to get was every year. see your yeah. elite qualifying code. And that's, you have to have like a fifth place or a 10th place at some point in the past, I think fifth place last year or 10th place or better in the past two years. If not, you don't get it. It's something like that. 10th place. So you have a two year window. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. 10th place in an elite race. Correct. And, and top elite. five in an age group. No, top five in elite as well. That's what it was a couple oh, of years oh, ago. I see. Yeah. Gary Belander, he, he handles all of it. Well, how do you, from age group to get into pro what do you need a podium yeah that's a good point um i don't know off the top of my head i'd have to look up the eqc it might be a podium you just need one performance in elite yeah because that's what um well rylan had to do that right he ran a saturday sean roberts yeah came out the next year the next Mm -hmm. week i think kirk you read that race right he came out the next day in vegas day and and, and got third elite yeah okay let's say one member of this panel hasn't run a race this year. Do they just have to do one top five to be qualified for next year? I think I'm, that I'm one person needs a podium right to or bust. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so basically one or more top 10 elite in the same or previous calendar year for which you're applying one or so you could mid season apply. It sounds like, um, or one or more top five in your age group at a Spartan uh, event in the age group category during that year, um, a top five or top 10 or top five age group, top 10 elite finish in 2021 would qualify you for 2022, for instance. Um, and then because of the COVID they, they included 2019 for the previous year. Um, and then Spartan will have the right to approve anyone not meeting the above criteria via a resume review at their discretion. So, so you need to I pop in on that. One race, yeah. Right, the, Brad, the thing is, they said top five. They said top five in your age group, not top five overall age group. So you could be the yeah. fifth place, sixty-five plus athlete who isn't anywhere near as fast as the sixth place, thirty to thirty-four athlete by time, but huh. you'd still get in from what it sounds like. Bracken just wants to make sure his punch card doesn't expire. <laughs> it's what ex- he's wondering to expire. about. Do That's you think you're... You're... So, so you would have to take a top five this year in order to. Qu- qualify for next year yeah or top 10 top 10 they have a waiver this is top five also. for the previous year but is top that fair top five age group or a waiver that's is it fair for an age group athlete to be top five in their age group but maybe like the 85th fastest age group athlete but you get to go in but 
the the sixth fastest age group athlete in their age group who might be the sixth fastest overall doesn't get to go up to pro. That, that's exactly my example with the 60 year old. Probably, probably not, but like the circumstances for that person wanting to go, if they know that they're that like underdeveloped, they're probably going to not, they're probably going to stay in age group. Just, just pointing out a flaw on the, again, why we should combine all the best into one wave. And then you're finishing that wave determines pro readiness. Yeah. Why has Spartan not hired us yet? <laughs> it's only a matter of time. For these conversations. <laughs> Bracken, do you think um, if you had to do like the written essay to plead your way in, you think you'll get accepted at this point? Or they'd be like, this guy's, he's on the banned list. Do not, do not allow in. I don't know. Like what, what have I done weighty enough to write it in? I, I made a podium last year, so I still have this year. I can do a race. Yeah. But just list know. your whole body of work. Tons of stuff. Listen, I'm still trying to push for if you made a world championship podium ever, you are grandfathered into free race entry to any race you want for life. <laughs> All right. Because I snaked one and I'm going to ride on that 2012 coattails until I die. It's been a decade, Bracken. This Isn't fall will be a decade. That is embarrassing. And oh, I thought you meant my longevity is incredible. Oh, yeah. No, that is incredible. 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 There are probably like 50 people still around who raced a leap back then. If they right. come up with that step. If let's that. let's let's move it along so yeah. we can yeah. eat lunch. And we can eat lunch, lunch before we go to work. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's do that. 45 49, Jessica Radford, Cynthia Ramirez Smith, and Chris Dustman. So this is another good age group as well, because Chris is a really strong athlete and she was on the pro team at a uh, point in the past five years as well. Um so yeah, and she got third. So Jessica third. and Cindy clearly crossed it. Yeah, legit. Into fifties, Heather Golnick. Uh, won all the races, <laughs> uh, Judy McManus and uh, Robin Fontaine, uh, r- round that out. And it was Fontaine. Fontaine. It wasn't even so. close. Yeah. And I mean, I think Heather was coming off of a pretty bad injury as well. And she just is kind of like really rounding in the form. Who knows what it'd be like, what mm-hmm. even like next year, if she's in this type of shape, if she would drop it. This is what we should ask. She was a high level triathlete. She has all the answers. I mean, they already went through the growing pains of our sport. We should just ask her. Yeah, mm-hmm. people should tag her in the comments when this comes out and just have her chime in. Yeah, and tell her she's not allowed to run age group anymore. <laughs> Is that what we were taking away from this? Heather's ba- she's banned? <laughs> not quite. I don't know, Brack. Maybe she, she's not in for the competition. Maybe it just makes her feel good to be out there. Yeah. You know, so let her let her race however she wants. Darla O'Connor wins 55, 55 to 59. Yes, yeah, she Griffith. does. Is that is that what she was on your show, right? It's one of my athletes. Yeah, we've been working together for a while. We interviewed her. She gave a good interview. Single mom working hard. She she's one of the the classic cases. If a local race comes around, Darla, let's throw your hat in the ring in in elite. And she's you know fifty three, and she's still going strong at her. She she cleaned up. She's a monster. She's a monster. Yep. Kirk and I were out on the trails doing a big workout, and who do we see burpee bra jumping over on the side of the parking lot, and then heading off to do (laughs) runs? Darla Darla O'Connor. Nice. Hello. <laughs> and then Stacia Ikpi uh, fin- rounds out the podium for 55-59. Congrats to Kirk DeWitt athlete. Or, yeah, do you have a – is that TRP Elite or are we not – We'll call it that, yeah, TRP Elite. Uh, that's that. what we're calling it. 60-plus, Deborah Artisan, Kim Tilly, and Maribel Manzano. So they only had two athletes finish all three. Uh, shouts to these women. Good job, ladies. Straight up shout-outs. Onto dudes. 40 We're to not 40. going through all the men today, are we? 
We only have like another three. We only have like three more age groups. (laughs) There's people like, come on, and you're in brackets trying to cut it off. Three. Oh, Uh, I'm just kidding. Damir Akhmadiev. Sorry. Akhmadiev. Thank you, Jack. That's why you're here. You come through with stats. Try the next one. Next one's hard. Chad Coleman. That's my guy, too, Chad. Way to go. TRP Elite. Eddie Sanchez round up the top three there how how did chad do in was he winning races or was he kind of sticking second thirds he won Asheville. oh he just uh, won nice laden egg in uh utah struggles at altitude really crushes on on non-altitude um, was the other one jacksonville then uh jacksonville he was also in san luis Obispo. yep okay podiums in most i think all other than one nice yeah then bruce jackson 145 to 49 who is a stud he has like top deck a mile he, yeah, he's like top five or something like in Deca Mile. Yeah, and, I think and he was Deca's, faster than your time this year. Whoa, pump the brakes here, Jakob. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think, so, I think so too. He also has a good Deca Strong as well. Him, he changes yeah. out with uh, Ryan Corning down there in Florida. So we'll see what he's going to do at um, West Palm. Florida wouldn't speak to be in the state to train in for this series, and yet they're well represented. Mm-hmm. And he comes and smashes. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And then uh, I've got a Kirk on the list, Kirk Framke, and then Ireland. Ireland. Kirk, Kirk Framke is on Team USA age group triathlon. He's a legit endurance athlete. So this is actually a really stacked age group. This, 40, yeah, this is a monster yeah. age group. And this might historically be the most challenging. Because in OCR, we, I mean, we named off some of the elites who are 40 to 44 and how nasty that is. And I think this is right where it's like, okay, where you're kind of picking, does it make sense for me to go into age group or, or stick into the elite? So this seems to be the most stacked. These guys can all snag Sunday podiums. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And th- and I think it's appropriate for them to be in age group as well. I'm not saying these people need to be. Yeah. And I think it's know. appropriate that they get to race coal in the same wave. Mm-hmm. Also true. I'm they probably want to also. Sunday, you are. You will die there. And Cole DeRosa finishes 50 to 54. He clean sweep. So it would be much more compelling because Cole might not win every against that, that last age group. You know, he might take he might take a lump or two in some of the races. And Cole would want it. He'd want to bring it. Yeah. yeah. I, I I agree. Yeah. Uh Daniel Ludwig and then Steven Hatch round up the top three. Cole, clean sweep. Congrats to him. Edward Corrat, who is also a stud in 55 to 59. Uh, he had a clean sweep. Patrick Levain and Joe. Riviera, um, Joe Rivera, he's, he, he's down in Florida. Good. He he had an elite podium when he was like fifty one or fifty two. Like he's he hung on for a while before dropping an age group. I think he was at the Go Ruck Games too. He's like really good. Yeah, but Edward's even better. Yeah, Jack, do you know off the top of your head what the oldest elite podium is for males and females? Ooh, yeah, uh, I did a post on that actually um, a few months ago. Take a guess how old the the oldest age is. What what is Heather? She's not even close. She's not in the same ballpark. Um, sixty four. No, sixty two. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so I I did a post Where? in in April. So Rita Batacchio, two thousand nineteen Montreal Ultra Beast, got second place. Um, another woman, Beverly Watson, had four podiums between fifty eight and fifty nine. She was a world like Ironman uh, champion. So huge, huge endurance background. And she's almost 70 at this point. Um, and she's still crushing it, which is super impressive on the men's side. 
Shane McKay is uh, was 54 mm. in Edmonton. He he got uh, a podium there, and the most recent wow. one, uh, actually Bracken, he got on a podium in Illinois in 2012. Yeah. You might have been on the same podium with him. I've raced with him going back to you know a decade. Yeah. What are his uh, What are his strengths and weaknesses? He's a dog. He's, He's just a gritty dude. He's yeah. got to get away early. Yeah. All right. Shane McKay, that's a blast from the past. Yeah, so 54 plus. for men, 62 for women, which is just absurd. 54. Wow. Okay, so we got some time to set Does that get beat ever? Heather, Heather's the only one on track. Heather's good. <laughs> uh, Heather Glenn, Race, he, Glenn Race wants to get one with his son, and he's mm. early 40s. He's still got like a decade to go, but I think uh, there's potential there. He's just a Decafit guy down. now. Decafit guy. Dude, his burpees. I don't know if you guys saw. In, he's fast. That, he's that like, is he a wrestler? Because he has like a wrestler sprawl. It's like he really know. smokes burpees. Yeah. Anyway. I'm pretty sure Glenn Race was like a skateboarder. And then he found running at like 27 or something. Isn't yeah. that accurate? Started running in grad school. <laughs> in grad yeah. school. Yeah. Has he been on the running public? He has. I have to go back. Yeah, he, really he has an episode that if you don't know Glenn's story is going to shock you. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I had to leave for the end of that one. It's like it's, it's like a date like a lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it literally. Speaking of that, yeah, yeah I'm sorry, right. not like he 60. was on Dateline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, all right. So sixty plus Patrick High, Patrick Bedwell, and Michael Matoyer. Uh, shouts to all sixty plus and a, and a really strong contingent, nine deep of people traveling to get their full series in for sixty plus. Love to see it. Awesome job, guys. Aru. All right. Dudes, I think we did it. What else do we have to add? Kirk, what's for lunch? Rice and chicken. Always. That's my guy. Yeah. Love that. What are you guys eating for lunch? The same. Veggie burger burritos. Uncrustables bracken, or what do you got on the No, bracket? come on. I'm mean, rice, chicken, got some weak old asparagus, throwing in a tortilla, and we're going to house it. Oh, Sounds nice. All right, dudes, this is fun. Shout outs to all of the age com- competitors because you really do you know, keep this sport rolling. You have a great fire for it, and we respect, we really do respect what you guys are doing out there. So we hope to see you next year out there kicking butt as well. The age groupers are literally the only reason any of us have podcasts. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'd be back to teaching. <laughs> yeah. Let's just finish it. As, just as impressive battles as on the elite side. Oh, quit sucking up. All right, dudes. (laughs) Later. Bye.